Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with, super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this. It's so good for my digestion my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life. And ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it. And I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens. But I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste. And the taste is actually really refreshing. And I really look forward to it each morning. Don't don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good. Um, and it's good for you. So remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible. Just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer and he had, he had those every single day. He said it's, it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag1.com slash OLLC. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meats, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit drinkag1.com slash OLLC. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Get one free year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love what you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. So if you go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. And if you want to get water, Liquid Death water, go to amazon.com. But for merchandise and other things that's not water, go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby and get free shipping. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. 
Today, I have a very, very special guest in my house. It's the first time meeting this, this young man. We met on social media, but we come from the same worlds. Uh, Mr. Shane Smith, thank you, man. Hey, hey, so cool to be here, man. We're in my kitchen, bro. We're here. We made it. Dude, it's so crazy. <laughs> I'm so stoked. We've been trying to make this happen for a minute. I know. It's crazy about you because the same way I met, when I met Chappelle Lacey was someone's like, yo, there's this comedian. He's wearing, he's wearing Fagazi shirts and all these punk shirts. You should check him out. And that's how I met Chappelle Lacey, who became my new adopted son. And then you, it's like, <laughs> yo, there's this hardcore, this straight edge guy. He's fucking tatted up like crazy. He's a comedian. It's just cool how like all these worlds come together. Yeah, no, it's great. In hardcore, like, it, especially now that we're older, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, you're into this? Like, instant friends. Like, what are you up to? Let's talk about it. Let's Spe- chop it up. Yeah, especially, in, I mean... Yeah, for sure. Just seeing people with T-shirts they're wearing or tattoos or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to start with you, but first of all, you have a crazy Metallica T-shirt collection. I do. And I, I saw do. you like wearing one every single day. Like you every day for shirt. a month. Damn. So that's like at least 30 something Metallica shirts. Yeah. Yeah. So I was dating a girl and she was like, uh, I had like probably eight, okay. eight Metallica <laughs> shirts. And I love Metallica. Big yeah. fan. Dude, and so I was like, I had eight shirts. She's like, you could just wear a different one every month. And I was like, how funny would it be if I did that, though? You did it, though. And then so after that, I kind of, I was like, that was my plan. And so for like six months, I was on the hunt. Every time I was on tour, I would like pop into a vintage shop or like talk to people. And then people started sending them to me. Like I got this Saint Anger shirt. It's like a gift because I I think Saint Anger is good. Yeah. Um. And so I like, <laughs> which is a controversial. They opinion. gotta be vintage, or they can be like newer um, ones. Um. They could be newer ones, but I a vintage is sick. You know, you want the old school, and then it feels good. Yeah. You see the new Liquid Death Metallica shirt? No. What? I'll get you one. Yeah. Dude, no way. It's crazy because not to get, what if you could talk Metallica real quick. Um. Rob Trujillo, great dude, awesome yeah. dude. Um. But I just became friends with Lars over the past couple of years through his wife, Jessica Miller, who was on my podcast. She's an animal activist. She has a place called Animal Place. She rescues animals. She's vegan. So she came on my pod and, and ended up meeting him and taking him to the barracks with his kids to skate. My wife works there. Yeah. And I was never, like, I, I appreciate Metallica. Just like we were talking about the Smiths earlier. Yeah. I appreciate the music. I actually love the Black Album, which I know a lot of people kind of freaked on that album. I love the older stuff too. But I actually, I've heard them throughout my life. I didn't know any of their records. I heard different stories about the Napster, just all these different stories about the band. I saw the documentary. Yeah. But then I met this dude, and he's so fucking nice and so humble and so sweet. Yeah. And I spent a couple days with him and Jessica and my family, and it was just eating dinner and going to skate. It was just awesome. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's like I don't, I'm not a massive fan, so I'm not geeking on it, but I'm like, okay, I know who this dude is and what the stuff he's done. And he's just really nice. He'll text me on my birthday or holidays. It's oh, just really sweet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's cool. And before this podcast started, with just two seconds, I ran Let's talk about it. I ran into my living room and I texted him and said, hey, I'm with somebody on my podcast right now. They're a massive fan. He's a comedian. Please try to... S- so I have my phone up. But I asked him to send oh, a video message no to you. Let's no see, way. Let's see what happens. Oh, that's so I, I think, sick. I think he's in Europe now or something like that. That's awesome, man. But I like doing that for people who like, love the band. Obviously, you're a massive yeah, yeah, fan. Yeah, massive fan. One of my favorite bands of all time. The it, first album I ever like got way into was Metallica S&M. What, which one's that? That's the San Francisco Symphony. Like, Ooh. Dude... When I, was I a, saw that video or documentary. Yeah, or yeah. When like. I was a kid, that was like, it just blew my mind. And they were the first band. My biological father wasn't in my life very much. Okay. And I met him for the first time when I was like, I don't know, seven or eight. And, uh, or I didn't meet him for the first time, but I met him consciously for the first time. And um, when I met him, he played Metallica in the Jeep when we went back to his place. Like my mom did the handoff and he had Metallica in the car. And uh, even as a kid, I was like, this shit slaps. Like, yeah. what is this? Because my mom was like, 
Counting Crows, like <laughs> Rush, you know. Yeah, Rush is cool. It, it kind of, and Rush is sick, but like they're like, you know, it's like rock or whatever. And then I heard this and I was like, it was like hard and fast and mean. And then that like set me off on this journey for the rest of my life. I, I'm like looking for the next toughest, hardest. So music. that was before hardcore for you. That was before hardcore. And then obviously you're super young, yeah. Dude, super young. And then right after that, I found like Hate Breed, Satisfactions of Death of Desire. And I was like, here it is. That's here a good crossover go. too from Metallica. To yeah that. yeah and i was i heard a breakdown and i heard and then um i grew up in a real small town so it was like everyone would geek out on everything they were really into and i would like go to the library and use the computer try and look up stuff and then i saw what hardcore was about i saw people kicking each other and like doing cartwheels and then i found out about like boston beat down that dvd yeah. you know and i was like okay here we this is it and i started telling people i was straight edge when I was like 14, I'd never even met another straight edge guy. Wow. But I was like, this is, I identify with this. And I've stuck with that decision since. That's incredible. Yeah, man. yeah. Wow. So you're from Fillmore, Utah or something? Fillmore? Yeah, yeah. Fillmore is a, like the hub town. Yeah. So I'm not technically from Fillmore. I used to live in a place called Flowell that's like outside of town. But there's like one town and it has like, at the time, it had like 6,000 people in it. Damn. And then there were all these other towns like 15, 20, 30 miles away. And we would all converge on that one town to like go to school, go to the hospital, whatever. So that's like the hub. Yeah. But it was more like a county. Like everyone lived in this giant expansive space. Do you have uh, siblings? Uh, yeah, I have quite a few. I have a bunch of step and half siblings. So I have like five brothers, four sisters. Wow. But I grew up with three brothers specifically. Were they into the hardcore too and stuff? Or um, no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of my brothers, Straight Edge, uh, deeply into hard, like very into hardcore. We still send each other music, listen to music all the time. He's going to geek out to know I'm here. <laughs> I, I didn't even tell him. I was like, I'm just going to get a photo and send Let's him. He's going to be like, what? <laughs> and then um, and then two of my other brothers, they they ended up more metalheads, but they love hardcore and stuff too. So. Yeah, so what was it like growing up there in that small town? Dude, it was cool. At the time, you don't appreciate it really. Yeah. Um, I did have a hint though. In my mind, I was kind of like, oh, I feel like um, growing up here is special for some reason. You know, I, I kind of was annoyed and I wanted to leave, but there was a part of me too that was like, I feel like you can go from the, c the country to the city yeah, very, nice. very easily. Yeah. City people are always like, oh, it's a culture shock. It's like, not really. There's just more of you here. But mm. to go from the city to the country, like, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you're going to, you're not going to make it, man. You got to yeah. focus up. Yeah. There's no bagels here, bro. You know, <laughs> like, focus. So um, I, I was very thankful for that. And then, you know, I got all these cool experiences. Like, you know, I got to rodeo as a kid and wow. be punk rock, you know, and so then I, I feel like I have a very diverse uh way of thinking and feeling about a lot of things mm. I, I never was interested in being any one thing yeah and then school's so small no clicks yeah you know i gotta be friends with the cowboy jock weirdo i gotta be friends with the super mormon kid you know wow. i'm friends with the nerd and then i'm also friends with like the dude you know sit uh in the hallway and smoke cigarettes kids too you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so it's cool we skate, we skateboarding back then too. Uh, rollerblading. Wow, dude. So like, I was early two thousands, late nineties. Okay. With counterculture, and so rollerblading got its hooks in me, and that was the thing I did. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and then and then rollerblading got uncool, and then it was like, especially as a straight edge kid, because straight edge was so uncool for so long. Mm. Um, especially in high school, like you don't drink, you don't like, what are you doing? That sucks. So 
when skateboarders started hating on rollerbladers and I was like, you know, I was like that straight edge kid. I was like, I will fight everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and I was into it, made me more into it. So I even have fruit boot tattooed on my knuckles. Wow. Yeah, dude. <laughs> awesome. So, and I still love skating. Um, I'm like a part of the rollerblading community. You know, I've like written for magazines and been featured even. Awesome. I'm not good anymore. Cause I'm old as hell, but <laughs> I'm making it happen. You know, we get out and cruise. Were we, um, how was school? Did you like school? Nah. Nah, I hated school. I didn't go to much school at all. Your parents strict at all about? No. Okay. Zero rules growing mm. up. Absolutely no direction. There were like maybe two and a half years of all my childhood where my mom kind of really focused up and was like, you got to do, you know, like kind of tried to make rules. But by the time I was in, I want to say sixth grade, it was anything goes. Damn. Just anything, anywhere, you know, there was certain things like. You know, uh, we had like my stepfather had like a side business chopping wood and we had to help with that or like collecting lava rock. <laughs> so me and my brothers, <laughs> when we were all like, you know, I have I'm Irish triplets. OK, so me wow. and my two brothers were all like the same age. Okay. And so we would go out as like 13 year olds and drive the truck like 20 miles into the desert, <laughs> crawl up into these things called the lava flows in Utah. There's this like a volcanic eruption and there's these giant like mile stretches of volcanic rock it's incredibly dangerous Jeez, like sounds like yeah it's like sharp and gnarly. it's like a reef okay it's like a reef outside that is a mountain and so we would crawl up there and find like the good lava rock and then you put it in these big leather burlap sacks so it doesn't cut you or whatever and you hike it back to the truck and then you bring it to a dude and he sells it to rich people for their aquariums oh, isn't that wild so like as crazy. children we would drive out there with like right like our guns Jesus. You know, because there's like rattlesnakes and whatever, and it's like Utah, and we we collect this stuff and we go, and then sometimes we would cut wood, so like I would cut wood all the time, or I would have to wake up in the morning and dethaw pipes. So Jeez, I was like, you working since you were young, man. Young, young. I've had like I've been working since I was like twelve. You shooting guns at a young age too? Incredibly, and like no supervision. <laughs> I remember, dude. I remember we were all like, kinds of guns, all kinds. When I was like twelve years old. I remember we saw Saving Private Ryan and we were like, do you think guns sound like that? And so we went and a bunch of us laid down and then we took turns shooting over each other's heads from far away so we could hear what it sounded like. Oh my God. Which is like, dude, what are you doing? That's fucking insane. I know, dude. Just 12 years old, just shooting over <laughs> each other's heads. Being like, oh, it's crazy. Fuck. Yeah, man. Um, so you went to comedy too as a young kid? No. Wow. I loved comedy. Yeah. I always, I was kind of scrappy. I was like smaller uh, as a kid. And even though I liked to fight, I didn't win a lot. And so um, I was like, as a result, you know, I, I kind of was like, oh, funny is how I'll manage a lot of my confrontations and stuff. Mm. And so I got funny pretty quick. Yeah. And so I was always into funny. I liked comedy and stuff, but I didn't really get into comedy until like late in life. And then when you, when you graduate, did you graduate? No. <laughs> What did no. you end up doing? So this is dumb, but I, <laughs> so I basically went to no school. No school. And, and um, I would just like go when I wanted. Okay. So I'm not graduating anything. I'm not finishing. Basically, people at school were like, oh, Shane comes from like the bad family. One of the bad families in town. In town so yeah. when he's here, whatever. As long as he's not disrupting class, who cares? And so I kind of did that. And then when I was in like ninth grade, I lied about my age and got a job at like a fast food place, like a Taco Bell. Okay. And I was like, I'm an adult now. I just, <laughs> I'm going to opt out. I'm going to get away from my family. 
Then I got arrested because it's illegal not to go to school at all ever. Like I dropped out. And so I went to like this little juvenile place and then they took me out. And then um, how, I old went you, to, how old are you then? Like 14? 14, 15, yeah. Wow. So then they're like, do you want to go to alternative high school with like the pregnant girls and the bad kids and stuff? And I was like, whatever. So they, <laughs> they shipped me from this one because I moved out of my small town to a different small town far away. Shipped me back to the other small town where I'm originally from where my family is. I'm back with my family going to alternative high school. And I was like, this sucks, man. I got to get out of this town. I got to do something. So then I, I cooked up this plan where I realized you could join the army and you're 17. Whoa. So I wrote my congressman at the time and was like, give me a pardon. Like, let me graduate early or take the GED. Because in Utah, you couldn't take it till you were 18. Okay. Because they wanted to stop kids from just dropping out of school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, my plan is to join the army. I'm going to join the army. And, and he gave me the go ahead. So I oh, got like a pardon fuck. to do it. So I took the GED, passed it somehow. I didn't study. I was a piece of shit, you know, <laughs> totally just like this loser kid that's just like skating, listening to music, hanging out. I pass a GED and then like I went from being like this punk rock kid with a bunch of tattoos when I'm 14 or whatever. Damn. And now on my 17th birthday, I was in Fort Benning, you Holy know, shit. so I did that. And then um, that was how I got out of there. And that's then how I, you escaped. Yeah, yeah, that's how I escaped. How but, long are you there for? Uh, not too long. So I was in the Army for a little over a year. But since I was 17, I joined in like, what, 2004? That's 2000, crazy, 2003, dude. 2004. Um, and one of the reasons they let me in uh, at 17 with a bunch of tattoos is because it was the troop surge or whatever. Mm. Uh, the first one. Yes. Because there was two. And then, um, so I was in and I'm 17. I'm in the infantry, of course. I'm too dumb to do anything else. They were like, you, you can hold a rifle? I was like, boy, howdy, yeah. <laughs> and so, and also I was like, even though I was very punk rock, I was still from a small town. So I was like, I'm going to avenge 9-11. You know wow. what I mean? Like in your brain, that's what yeah, you're thinking. Yeah. And so I joined and uh, I made it through AIT and everything. And then I did um, airborne school and I was going to be a ranger. That was my big thing. And I there's something called a holdover where you're like waiting to start school. And since I was 17, I like couldn't leave the base. Yeah. They wouldn't let you because yeah. you're not an adult. So I was just like literally in prison going crazy and um, trapped again. Yeah. And then they would they just make you a janitor. So I was just like doing janitorial work basically and stuff <sighs> trapped. And then um one day we were like fucking around and like someone popped a flare in the barracks, which is like you get a bunch of dudes together young. They're going to do dumb shit. Totally. And it like burned my eye because I was too close to it or whatever. So I go to the doctor just like normal stuff. And he's like, dude, I can see that you're literally like you're depressed. You're losing your mind. And I'm like, yeah, I hate this. I want to leave. And he's like, well, you're still 17. Like I'll medical you out. So he literally was like, I'll save you. Like, don't go to war. You don't What's want this. You I don't remember him. Wow. And I feel really bad that I don't. I do remember the recruit who encouraged me to leave. He was like, you can just come back when you're older. Uh, and his name was Zarega. So shout out to him if he ever hears this. You helped save my life, dude. But, and the guy that let you go is incredible. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It's, he literally was like, you're a child. He literally was like, they should not let 17-year-olds join. This is crazy that you're here. You should leave. And he was like, if you want to be here so bad, I'll medical you so that you can go get a letter from a doctor, get glasses or whatever. Because he medicaled me because I have esotropia in my eye. 
which means like the inside of my eye is like turned sideways or whatever. Really? And yeah, yeah. Probably from catching beatings from my stepfather as a kid so often. But so he let me out and uh, I did. I medicaled and it took a long time. So by the time I got out, I was 18. Then I went home and, uh, you know, and then I was like out of my mind. I had a bunch of money saved bought an xbox <laughs> wasted all that money so fast buying my friend's food and going to shows wow. um so and then back it was home again yeah yeah and then i was just a degenerate for like years and years so home was rough home was Step rough dad. your mom got divorced at a young age uh my mom divorced my father when i was like one okay two years old or something a new guy came in. okay yeah, yeah. so one new guy came in and he's all right i mean i don't think i ever had a conversation with him in my life yeah truly he was my dad for like eight years and i don't remember him ever. He was kind of like his whole side of the family just pretended I didn't exist, which probably is bad for you mentally. Yeah. But then my mom married a guy who like made the other guy seem amazing. Okay. You know, this guy was like, he's taking an active interest in me and my brothers, but like not good. Yeah. You know, he's, he, he was like a, in a motorcycle club, like big time, you know, he's like selling guns, murdering people. Jesus. He went to jail multiple times. And the, no one's prosecuting him because we live in a small town. And if like the sheriff is a part of that, then they're just going to get him. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like they're just running shit. And so like he's, you know, we're catching beatings and stuff all the time. Jesus, man. What about your original dad? Did you see him after that? Uh, I saw him here and there. My original, my biological father's fucking great. Okay. Such awesome. a cool guy. Yeah. From California. He grew up in Santa Barbara, loves surfing, football. He was a motorcycle mechanic. He's just like quintessential cool guy. And he had a different family. I got to see them sometimes and he killed it, man. Such a good dad. I, but you know, sometimes life just moves you it does man you know and so me and my one brother with my mom and then my dad is over here and yeah it also i was like a stoic little kid i grew up in utah you yeah. gotta be tough you gotta like if it's if it's raining you pretend it's not if you're cold you don't say it you know wow. and so that sounds like new york shit like you yeah think it could be like a new york kind of life yeah yeah gotta be tough gotta be like, can't show emotion gotta be exactly exactly and you got to be a gentleman you you don't make other people it like you know you don't make other people do things and so i would see my dad the rare times and i wouldn't be like it's so bad this is happening this i'd be like i'm stoked to see you do you have metallica tapes for me Mm, like what's up you wouldn't tell him what's going on no no never never i would only tell him the good stuff because i wanted him to hear the good stuff wow which is in retrospect a weird thing i remember once my dad was like he was like uh I'm gonna just gonna take you home, and I was like, I won't. I'll run away because I wouldn't leave my mom. Mm. So, which is another thing, I didn't want to leave her tight with your mom, tight with a mom. And, I don't even, yeah. And I also want to protect you, probably in a sense too. Yeah, even though you're a kid and you can't really do anything yeah. in your mind, you're like, well, but I'm here. I'm we, not like running away. We had the same thing after my dad passed. My mom tried getting married like three different times, and I have two brothers. We ran those dudes out of the fucking house. Like, <laughs> Like, they were good enough for my mom. You're yeah. not, not my dad. Yeah. I, I had no respect. Didn't give a fuck what they said. Just kept doing what I was going to do. Just to only talk to my mom. Right. I tried to be a father figure. It wasn't happening, man. No, dude. At yeah. that point, I was like, fuck that. It's hard, though, man. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, like, we, we definitely have something in us. Mm. It's a little maybe confrontational. I have a way I see the world, and I'm willing to fight for that. Yeah. And so, like. Is that why you think you were a kid always getting fights? Because you had that life at home? Probably. Yeah. I also think that like if you you were your angry kid. No. Mm. And I'm not an angry person. Yeah. It seemed like very, very, very rarely have I ever like 
you slam my hand on a table or like yeah. yelled. Uh, uh, so like, I'm just not like that. I was always very like controlled, which I almost makes it sound worse if you're a very violent person. Mm -hmm. Cause I was a very, like, I was always interested in winning, not yeah. whatever. So like, I wasn't a, I'll punch you in the head after you say the bad thing. I was the, like, I'm just going to wait till you go outside to smoke. I'm going to choke you out, mm. you know? So like, I was interested in winning. Wow. And so I was like a weirdo, but yeah, I would find all the time. I just think that if you catch enough beatings from like a grown man when you're a kid and there's another kid, you're like, what are you going to do? I know you're not going to kill me. You don't want to go to jail. Like you're, what are you going to beat me up? Regular pussy. Fights in school and everything, all that shit. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. But like getting in fights in school in a small town, like they used to know everybody. So you do have the kid you have beef with beef with and you would fight, but you would like shake hands afterwards. You had a reputation at school though. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I stabbed a hand, a kid's with a hand with a pencil once. And everyone was like, all right, let's just leave Shane like, alone. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, he, he like put his hand up like he was going to slap me. Like he was pretending he like he was going to do it. Yeah. Wow. And I was dude. sitting at my desk and I was like, yeah, you think? And I just stabbed his hand as hard as I could. It went right through, dude. It was crazy. How old were you then? That was eighth grade. So like Holy 13, 14. Shit, you were the one not to fuck with. Dude. No, dude. <clears throat> After you that, trouble it was, for that? Though? Crazy trouble for yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I got in trouble. But again, it's the thing where... What are they going to do? You're in a tiny town. There's no real accountability. There's nowhere to send me. You could send me home, but they know I have no rules. Yeah. They could tell my mother. They know she doesn't care. They can tell my father they're afraid of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of, even though my stepdad is a bad guy, I also had this weird leverage where it was like, oh, we got to let these kids kind of get away with stuff because... Even though my stepfather didn't like us, it was also like, well, but that's my property. And if you mm. mess with these kids, you're also messing with me. True. So we had all this like weird leeway. And then you find hardcore. Yeah. And it's like aggressive and you can yep. do the fuck you want, go crazy, dance hard. Exactly. Like. But it was like putting, it was like, hey, take your aggression and put it into like your, you and your friends are like getting it out. And this is an acceptable place. It's like fighting in hockey. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Like, it's kind of like, it's Good weird point. that you're fighting, but it's it's there. It's, it's a part of it. It's part of it. You know? And That's like, no harm, no foul. Um, yeah. And so that was a cool and incredibly important uh, thing. And I also think that like, because we grew up and we were into like the motorcycle clubs and whatever with my stepfather, you fall into that life. You're just around it. And then hardcore is has so many parallels the parallels helped where i was like oh this is like this it's lifestyle a family too it's another family it's everything exactly yeah. you know these guys are gnarly but they also have your back and the 100 brotherly love i needed yeah. that as a kid yeah to, to feel like this in hardcore for all of its flaws it's also even at its worst when you're there with your friends it's like this uh it's like um, really unapologetic love for each other. Yeah. You're very like expressive about it too. It, it, sometimes the expression comes in like I have your back in a fight or whatever. But like a lot of it is like sleep on my couch. I'll take care of you. Like let's share this meal together. We're poor. Like yeah. And it really like you can feel the love. I also think that hardcore too had like a very – I don't know how it was when it was young. But like for me too it had like an air of – non-judgmentalness when it came to like physical male affection there's a lot 100%. of hugging a yeah. lot of love a lot of like yeah. holding your friend when they're near you a lot of like let's sit close together you know i grew up in a town where it was like dude don't sit next to me in the theater 
what are you gay? Yeah. You know? And then hardcore is like, nah, man, you're like my guy. I love you. It like, opened your mind a lot. I yeah. Think, yeah. Too. Older bros taking care of you, kiss you on the top of the head, send you into the pit. Like to feel that love is like so important. That is so true about it, man. Young men need that, dude. We yeah. need affection. We need, especially having no father figures in the house too. Oh yeah. And then you get it from maybe other bands or other, other things, right? Yeah. Older kids. And For so sure. what do you do when you're out of school? You just like working and just like, yeah wilding out kind of or? just wilding out like doing like a million part-time jobs whatever and then I no got, goals at that time nothing just living just no goals dude i remember i like i'm not a dummy i i definitely had like a lot of self-awareness and i remember distinctly being like i have until i'm like 27 to just be a loser <laughs> it's cool to wow. be a loser you know like I'll, I'll like tour with random bands fill in to sing here do this here whatever whatever gets me like to get to do what i want yeah you freedom. know just freedom that i think i really that's all i wanted i went from no freedom in a sense where i feel like trapped in this like situation and then as soon as i was old enough to just do what i wanted it was like i just want to go out yeah i just want to be in the world i want to meet people i want to feel free so you started traveling with bands too traveling with bands being in bands you know be just whatever whatever i could to like have fun skating all the time yeah you trying good skater to, uh, I was back then. Yeah, I was really good. Street skater or just uh, street skating? Yeah, which is it sucks that I didn't really like do anything with it. But I was just so, so really, really good then. Yeah, I was so awesome. focused on me, you know, just like kind of freedom. That was it. That's all I wanted. And then what about bands? So you're singing in bands? Yeah, yeah. I sang in bands like a, a lot of random like old Utah bands. Yeah. And then I played bass also. Of course, that's the the go-to in hardcore <laughs> for a guy who's like, do you want to learn how to play an instrument so you can go on tour with us? Like that was that. Play the bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so just doing that, hanging out. Wait, so you sang in bands and you played bass in bands? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What were some of the bands? I know it was like Painted... Was it Painted Devils? Painted band? Devils is a, yep, like a little Painted weird Devils. like uh, project that me and my friend did from COVID. He's in Canada. Oh, it's a newer one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we just get on Audacity and like <laughs> arrange some music and do it just for fun uh, in our spare time. That were one, you in bands that actually toured around too? I was, yeah. I toured around and I also did merch for some bands that were in Utah, you know. Um, bands like Of Science and Solitude was one. Okay. Uh, I was in a band called Chaotus Infinitum that was like a grindcore band. Sick. All science fiction themed stuff. Wow. And we used to do like wild shit. Like we would bring, um, <laughs> do you know what LARPing is? No. It's live action role playing. People oh, who Dungeons okay. and Dragons real life and they have like the foam swords and stuff. Okay. We would bring like a pile of foam swords and axes and shields, dump them into the pit. That's so, fucking awesome. Yeah, dude. Medieval wartime, baby. So <laughs> people's full-on moshing with swords, like, hitting each other. Our our music was terrible, but our live shows were... We would just encourage people to go so crazy. That's sick. Yeah, dude. I'm was, surprised. No, that's a great idea. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Dodgeballs. Dodgeballs. Throwing dodgeballs into the pit. Uh, mm. The first band I know that did that, shout out to them, Assault Lake Local, Cool Your Jets. Okay. Yeah, X cool your jets. Playing dodgeball in the pit. That's kind of sick. Dude, yeah. We would bring Nerf guns and stuff. So just people like going, because we were like, be aggressive, be tough, but like childlike sense of wonder. Let's throw that in there. Mm. Like, because we're here to have a good time. Yeah. I was always like, be fight, throw it down, be tough as nails, knock someone's teeth out, but like we're smiling. Mm. Like this is, this is love. This is positivity. This is 
it, it like uh the vibe was still there the action felt crazy but the vibe was love and so i was like swords nerf guns <laughs> like we're having a good time even though we're rowdy yeah yeah w were you because you're younger but was straight edge out there so like a gang thing the x's on hands was that yeah yeah salt lake city especially because the straight edge kids even when you lake. came around too yeah it was yeah. still like that yeah they had the salt lake kids had already kind of like popped off yeah you know they were getting in crazy fights and stabbing people and in 90s was in 90s yeah i yeah. mean they beat up vanilla ice and pushes trailer over holy shit I know yeah that. dude he tried to perform and they like he, he yeah they went nuts on him and so so this is before you were coming to shows before just, yeah. and then i came up <laughs> yeah. and i got to meet all these old heads mm. you know so i was like the young gun and these guys are like terrifying you know and they're like and their reputation is insane yeah and now the new generation yeah and now as the new generation you're like well we're in utah we gotta uphold this we represent we have to represent no one can be crazier than us no one can be tougher than us no one can mess with us or disrespect us and so we were like nuts dude wow. we, were, we were crazy and so but it was still looked at as a gang out there still? yeah so because of all the craziness the cops were like gang and so like anything about straight edge x's any logo, anything yeah. if they pull you over and you have x's on your hand you have a straight edge shirt you put h2o shirt <laughs> dude i'm not joking h they knew and wow. they would they the gang unit would come and take photos of you and stuff Dude, that's so fucking nuts. Dude, I bet you anything there's people in the gang unit in Salt Lake with H12 <laughs> shirts on, dude, and their gang we talked. We always had great shows out there. The kids were awesome. The shows are great. Everybody was... I loved Utah playing, especially the 90s was crazy. Dude, gnarly. Bro. So good. So many good... So, so stuff still... There's still shows going on there now. I mean, before you left, it was yeah, still going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was... I think it stopped really popping off around 2006. Mm. That was kind of when... Straight Edge had like it was lame. It had this huge resurgence, and then it like it, it became like everyone was XXX till XXI, you know. Mm. And it sort of fell off, and then it was it was less hardcore and more like I don't know, I don't know what people were into. Yeah, but they kind of felt. I th I just think like a lot of guys like followed the girls where they were going, mm. which was like you know Sayosin and and like oh yeah yeah Under Oath. They were starting to do new different things. weren't really hardcore. Yeah. And so then it was like, oh, yeah, you listen to Madball. I bet you think you're cool in your new balances. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So then all of us were like, oh, damn, my camo shorts aren't cool anymore. <laughs> and so it was guys were jumping ship, dude. You got to go getting, where the girls were you, are. Were you getting arrested and shit like that? Yeah. Just... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Getting detained a lot. I had a lot of like one night they got to let you out because they can't prove anything type things. Utah's also like a. Oh, for a while, it wasn't a mutual combat state, but it was like a right to defend yourself. Okay. So if you you like fought and there was no disturbing the peace charge, the cops kind of had to hold you. You weren't drunk, and they're like, well, "All right, you get out of here. You know, be good." So yeah. Uh, and you know, we were like, we were we just got lucky all the time, and we would do stupid things too. Like we would have weapons that you couldn't get caught with. Dude, this is the like. one. So. <laughs> Do you remember when you used to have like a rubber divider for the grocery store? Yes. It was like a floppy rubber divider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could take the top off of it, put like, fill it like a fourth of the way with BBs, close it. And when you swing it, the BBs would go to the top. And since it was kind of flimsy, you could blackjack someone with it. Holy shit. That was like. The grocery dividers? Yeah. So we all. Who figured that out? Dude, I don't know which <laughs> guy in Salt Lake figured it out. That's sick. But it was a Utah thing. All the hardcore kids had them and we would use it and then if the cops come you pop it open shake the bb's out and throw it 
There's absolutely, they'll be like, a, a dude will literally be telling the cop to his face in front of you, like, he's bleeding, and they're like, he was, they were hitting me with weapons, which is when you're, now you're in trouble. Okay. Fist fighting, whatever, but now you're in trouble. And we would be like, what, where? Oh, yeah, I was hitting you with a blackjack? Where is it? You know, and the cops would be like. Would they find that thing? Yeah, they'd yeah. be like, what are you hitting you with a little rubber divider? Get out of here, man. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. That was the move back then. New York City was like eight balls and socks. <sighs> Yeah, that's tough. In the 90s. That shit's oh, fucking... Oh, dude, that's so I see people gnarly. get hit with it. That shit was... That's some New York scary shit, though. Yeah, yeah. We all, been, yeah. I also saw, like, the mag light. That oh, was yeah. a big one. You got the mag light in your car. <sighs> dude. But you can fight without weapons. You seem like a guy that can fucking... Yeah, yeah. It was whatever, dude. You just be fought... You, you were never afraid to fight. No, never. Never, ever, ever back. Like, it, I, I would just be like, well, I'm going to get jumped. Dude, there were so many times where it'd be, like, two of us. And, like, some guys... We, we would just get into a confrontation, probably kind of our fault, staring, being rude, like whatever, you know, and there's like five guys drunk on the street and it's the two of us. And we're just like, let's get jumped. Fuck it. But that was like a high for you. Like you kind of. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you win, dude. Oh, mm. sometimes you win. And that's dude, you, you and your buddy take on five guys and like for that just like grows your bond. Fuck. You know, it, it feels like you're at war with the world when you're young and you're straight edge. Mm. Like, yeah. Questioning and everything too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Holy just us shit. against everybody. And you were getting tats at a really young age too. Like you, fourteen. Did you have any neck or hand or face tats back then? When I was eighteen, the second I got out of the military and I was back home, blasted my face and my neck, Fuck. and my hands. Damn. Job stoppers immediate. I was fully like in two thousand and five when it was before tattoos were like even remotely accepted like Kat Von D was barely on TV yeah, before I think. those TV shows yeah yeah dude I had hands face neck dude, I was a freak fuck people would trip out damn and I was like a baby face kid too it was very funny but people knew like oh the, people yeah. knew yeah and I think there's something about being like a small little handsome little gremlin guy <laughs> you know and they see you and they're like oh you're you're so cute but then you're covered in tattoos and they're like not that one Mm. That's the you know it's not ever it's always the little guy you gotta worry about. Were your parents tripping on that or no? They didn't care. Wow. You know they didn't care. Uh, to my mom's credit, for all like the negative things about our childhood and her and I working on our relationship through our lives, mom's always supported any weird shit I wanted to do. She just loved me. She she never was like worried about my skin, my hair. You know I dye my hair color. I was punk rock, mohawk, whatever. She was down with all of it. But she knew you, you weren't partying. She knew I wasn't partying. So yeah. true. And I think that because she struggled with substance abuse, she was kind of like, you know what? Whatever. Yeah. Get out there, fight, do all this stuff. But as long as you're like sober. Fuck, man. Yeah. And then so <clears throat> now, so you have no goals still. You're just playing music. You're just No goals. You're just kind of like just living it. You're just like traveling, yep. going with bands, fucking and, fighting. And fighting. then th around like 2021, 20, traveling in bands started to get mixed with like motorcycle club stuff and then a guy so came, you were in clubs yeah okay yeah yeah i got the wow yeah and so uh you patched up all that yeah stuff. wow so me and my friend a guy came up to us once after like a show we had this like big fight my friend anton hit a guy with like a crowbar it's like a whole thing Fuck. this dude is like how would you guys like to make some money like, I know who you are. I know your stepdad. How You want to make some money. And we were like, yeah. And he goes, he's like, call me uh, later or whatever. We call him and he's like, he, I, I want you to rob a 7-Eleven. 
like a grocery, like a little grocery thing. <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay. You know, like we have guns. And so we were like, I guess. And then he's like, well, he knows you're going to rob him. He knows you're going to rob him. He's in. He's going to leave the safe open. It's like he's going to change out oh, the it's safe. Set up. Yeah. It's set up. We're going to give him like 50 bucks. He doesn't give a shit. He works at 7-Eleven. You're going to go in there. Don't do not do anything crazy. Just rob him and leave. And then you can have like, I don't remember how much it was. It was like $400 of a couple thousand dollars. And it was, dude, that's so much money. It's a lot. When you're a 20-year-old hardcore kid, that's a, th- a trillion dollars. We were just like, we'll do it right away so you know we we like geared up motorcycle gloves you know like dirt bike stuff like we threw on the ski mask and everything i remember we were tripping because we have so many tattoos we're like we gotta cover all these we went in and we did it the guy was kind of like cool about it we left and it was easy it was like it was as easy as easy could be and we brought him the money and that was like a test you know like oh you can do this and so he's recruiting you guys. Yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. And the idea I think for them was like, well, these hardcore kids are on the periphery of this. Like the cops don't really know what they're up to. And so then he started working us. Holy and, fuck. and so we got like a ton of where we used to like collect money from people. And my friend Anton is like, I'm a weenie. Like I'm not a weenie, but like I'm like a regular guy. I'm a nerd. I don't think I'm scary. I have like a funny voice or whatever. I'm a goofy guy. But Anton was like not fucking around, dude. Okay. He was like, you look at him. He's still around. I, we're talking about eyelids tattooed. Okay. You know, that guy, it, like Chicano hardcore, not a game. Yeah. He's big. And so the two of us as a team were great because I was like, I, w- I would kind of plan things and he would execute. And so, but like we would hang out with other dudes, you know, but like we would collect money from people who owed money. You know, Damn, and do all man. kinds of wild shit. Rob, rob drug dealers or whatever. Mostly people who sell weed, and especially the straight edge kids. We're like, yeah, dude. And yeah. then this is this is the double thing where they're like, oh, these kids don't do drugs. Everything we ask them to do, like they're up and up. Yeah, I never have to worry about them on the take. They're never going to steal from us. They're not going to sell drugs. Jeez. So everything we ask them to do, we deliver on. And it just like snowball. Yeah, 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 dude. And it snowballed. And I did that until I was like. Just before I turned twenty four, yeah, dude, and it never got in trouble. Never got, never got in trouble. Never got caught. Never got anything. I mean, the gang unit would like pick us up sometimes and be like, "We know what you're up to," and shake you down like the gang unit does. Wow, but like nothing, no, no hard time, no anything. A couple weekends in jail, nothing crazy. And that was your life. And that was my life, dude. Fuck, yeah, man, dude. you're fucking crazy. Yeah, Are you still going to shows too? Oh, absolutely. But you're going to shows patched up now, like you look different, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And and um and on top of that, I was in that group, and then I was also in like uh, a hardcore crew. Yeah. So I was rolling so deep, dude. We rolled so deep all the time. We Fuck. it was great. We we ran shit. We had a good time. And it was funny too because we would be doing like we would get in fights at hardcore shows with like other crews, which is like. At the time, seemed so gnarly. But looking back, I'm like, oh, I love those guys. I hope they're doing well. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. that was cool that we were scrapping with each other. But like, um, at the time, we would do that, and for us, that was like baby shit. Mm-hmm. So everyone else was like, oh, it's so gnarly. And then the couple of us who were going out at night and doing whatever, we were like, oh, this, this is like shit. Yeah. this is this is the fun stuff. Now it's time to do grown up shit. Now wow. I'm going to come into a guy's house while he's sleeping and be like, I'm going to kill you if you don't tell me where your money and wheat is. You know what I mean? Fuck. So, dude, and yeah, it was crazy. I mean, so many times we did so many wild things. 
And then you were never scared. You you, you loved it. The whole I was whole never time. scared. I think I just was like so uninterested in my future. Mm-hmm. So you didn't care about going to jail. You didn't care about any of that stuff. No, nah, dude. And I was so beat up from life in general. I think as a yeah. kid, I just went through it. You know, like uh, I essentially was tortured as a child. Fuck, you know, man. like we would get in trouble, and my stepdad would like hit our feet with a hammer. You know, yeah, like crazy shit. Like it was really bad. Like like stuff that like I've told a therapist and the therapist is like, we got to take a moment like for them. Did <laughs> like, your mom know what's going on? But she couldn't control. Not it? all of it. OK, yeah, not yeah, all of it. Yeah. And here's the thing. Fuck dude. that stoic small town shit where you're like, don't tell mom, you know, don't don't fuck with yeah, her. You got fucking this. bruises on your feet, though, and shit like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, she knew that we were like getting hit, but she didn't know like the, the extent, extent of it, yeah. the extent of like just like the horrible shit that was happening. You oh, know? my God, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So much. So your much brother, too. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. All both my all my brothers, dude. Yeah. We all caught it. Was he kind of wilding out like you as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my two older brothers, uh, they kind of I mean, they're older, the same age as me, basically, but they <laughs> They that's had right, a, that's right, yeah. they have a different, uh, so me and my one younger brother, we have the same mom. They had a different mom. Gotcha. And so they ended up leaving as soon as it got real bad. They're like, fuck it, we're out. And of course, me and my brother, I could have tried to leave with my biological dad. And so could have my little brother could have left with his biological dad. Yeah. But him and I kind of were like, well, we got to stay with mom. So we kind of like shook hands. I love you, bro. They left and we were like, we're going to stick it out with mom. So my little brother stuck around, but straight edge, a maniac, also doing crime, car hopping all the time, you know, fencing electronics, all that shit. He you get know, in trouble too. He robbing get, he, people. He get locked up too. No, no, he's he. I mean, a weekend or two in jail. Nothing. I remember once he got in trouble because him and our friend they were trying to like they saw an iPod in a car. It's like the middle of the day, and they were trying to get in, and they grabbed a brick and they were trying to break the window with the brick. But the everyone saw all windows just invincible for no reason. Yeah. So they were there for like five minutes throwing a brick at a window. Like, what the fuck is with this window? And eventually, someone called the cops and they got got. And we were like, that's what you got on? Oh my god! Like dude. we've literally done home invasions. We've kidnapped people, and you're on. You got caught trying to throw a brick through a window for an iPod. <laughs> An i i an iPod. Fuck, so man. funny, dude. So when you so when you're done with all that, that's when you. What do you do next after that? So what uh, made you finish? What made you? Why were you done with it all, you're dude? Just it's it? just like people dying. You know, you, you have people like get stabbed up. I was stabbed. You know, I've in not even in like a a crime context, like in a random bar fight, a guy stabbed me. Wow. In like my leg, and I it was close to my femoral artery, and I was kind of like, oh, okay. You know, and then I'm with my brother. I distinctly remember when we both were like, okay, we're done. I was walking down the street one day with all the homies. We're going to some place. And this dude is like, I'm going to throw a snowball at you. And we were like, don't. And he throws a snowball and it hits me. Some random guy? Some random guy, dude, outside of an Arby's. He hit me with a snowball. And they were like with a group of guys. Like they were like some hood dudes. I think they thought it was funny. They're just goofing. He hit me with a snowball. But I was like, no. You gotta, you're done now. You know, I can't let you hit me with a snowball in front of everybody. So I run in there to start just swinging on him. All my friends come in. We're like beating the shit out of these guys in the middle of this Arby's in front of all these people. And my brother, who's like long arms, very good. Dude, he throws the hardest punches. It's insane. He's just beating the shit out of this dude who's like head on the table and he's like punch him in the body and the head. And I remember looking over and there's like a family eating at Arby's. And the mom is like, 
covering her child like oh my god I can't believe this is happening and I, I'm watching her react to my brother mm. who I love and I'm like oh we're like the bad guys right now mm. like this is all like this heavy, this yeah. family is like ha- it caught up in what we're up to and I don't know because when you're doing when you're hardcore you fight other hardcore kids that's on the level mm-hmm. when you do crime you very 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 rarely victimize anyone who doesn't deserve it well you rob a bank fuck the bank you rob a pawn shop fuck the pawn shop they take advantage of people they're they're mm-hmm. debt collectors you hurt drug dealers i'm straight i could care less yeah. you hurt other gang members you know or you collect money from john's you know like who those guys suck mm-hmm. so you never feel bad about anything you do but then you well, see, see that, this, yeah, and you're like civilians. It, it just gives like you there, this, yeah. It gives you this clarity, and you're like, "There's no way to get through this life without hurting people." And I was kind of just like, "I don't know, yeah, oh. not just physically, yeah, 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 yeah." The and kid I, been traumatized for life. That kid, if you saw that, maybe, yeah. And yeah. so me and my brother, both of us, kind of like instinctually, not even saying anything, we're like, "We gotta go," and so we just bailed. You just left the whole thing. We just left the whole thing. I mean, like, is you that know, hard to do? Yeah. I mean, you have to get out good. Okay. You know, and so we did it. We did what we had to do. Luckily, uh, for all the negativity my stepfather brought into our life, we had him to lean on. We left and just started a new life. I got a job working with like disabled kids. Wow. My brother started doing like IT work and stuff. And now we're both doing well. But yeah, it was like a whole process to get out. Do you ever worry about the past like coming up on you, creeping up on you? I was worried for a long time, but not anymore, dude. I've had people, because, you know, obviously I'm online. People see me. I've had old hardcore people I used to fight with come through and be like, that's awesome. I'm homies with them. I wish them the best. It's so cool. You know, people who beat me up that I never won against. You think I would hate. I'm like so happy. They have families. You know, I'm like, oh, that was a time in my life that was like full of strife. But like, look at all of us. Yeah. You know, so I'm always happy when I see that. And I've had people also confront me that like forgave me. I like hit a guy with a sword when I was young. It really fucked him up. Fuck. Yeah, dude. And like, of course, he was down. No snitching or whatever. But like, you get older and you're like, oh, dude, I like what? I hit a guy with a sword. Yeah. What am I doing? And he came to a show and was like, dude, all love. Like, I'm not like permanently hurt. I had like hundreds of stitches or whatever, but I'm good. And like, oh my God, you know, he's, he like forgave me. It was like this whole thing. I'm like crying in the comedy club, you know? Cause it's just like, yeah. So like, I didn't even remember that I did that. Like, what was I up to? Fuck. And it makes you like really appreciate the positivity you try to bring to life now. Yeah. Cause you're like, dude, I, I was so out of sorts that hitting someone with a sword didn't even register as a life event. Yeah. That's no good. What about relationships? Did you have girlfriends during this time? Could you keep a relationship? He, he, no, nah, I couldn't keep a relationship. I was cheating on everybody. Fuck. You know, I was terrible. I wasn't treating myself well. I wasn't treating other people well, except for my friends. Yeah. They were the only people I would treat with. I, it was kind of like they get all the love and there's no love so left. So no for real love else. relationships during none of that shit. I dated girls, you know, here and there, but like unhealthy relationships. You know, and then also small town girls, I didn't understand that it wasn't cool for like a girl to hit you or scream or like you know, I had all these negative relationships, you know, and mm. so nothing that stuck. Fuck. You know, I also dated like a lot of like pro- like wonderful people who just like put up with my shit until they couldn't anymore. And like, yeah, God, shout out to them for just like being so young with me and like having the self-awareness and like the love and empathy and patience to deal with like 
a shitty gang member yeah. who's like only wants to go to shows and skate or play video games, you know? It's, cra- it's crazy because it's not like you all of a sudden, now you got sober. You were sober the whole time. Yeah. So it's like, did totally. you start going to therapy too probably back then or no? No. Wow. Not until I was in my 30s. Wow. Dude, and you know, you go to therapy after a life of full of violence. And uh, it, therapy actually has like the you go backwards for a long time before you start going forwards it's again. It's true. Which is something I think people got to prepare for. I always Taking advocate up those layers and shit going through yeah, it all, man. You, I advocate for therapy, but once you start going, you have to understand it's like a work pro. It's it's going to be progress, and you're going to have to like confront everything. Everything. And so I had to sit. Well, I turned 31. I got a little bit of money from comedy for the first time, and I was like, oh, I should make my life better. So I went to therapy and dude, I like had a year of like re self discovery and depression and dealing with all that. Apologizing to people too. And Apologizing then? to a lot of people, dude. Uh, just like having conversations with my mom and my dad, tell, you know, all this other stuff. So you talk about all these stories in your comedy too? A lot of them. Yeah. yeah I saw some of the clips. Too. Yeah, yeah, dude. I have a story right now. I talk about, about like a crazy fight. Uh, I do talk about like, uh, at first when I was doing comedy, it was kind of just like, making fun of myself, making me maybe fun of making fun of tattoo culture and stuff. Yeah. 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 For sure. And, and then like my second album came out and it was like a little more like of my current life, but like real silly. And now I'm telling like full stories. Like this is my childhood. This is a story about how my stepfather tried to kill me. This is a story about me and my homies getting in this crazy fight and we brought rocks, you know, and this is, this is me, you know, and so it's much therapeutic too though. Yeah. And it's much more autobiographical, I think, and long form stories. You got to write a book, man, or something. I'm working on it. Okay. Yeah. I'm working on it. So I definitely want to. So what, so what, what led you to start doing stand up? Like what, what inspired that? Dude, I, uh, I started dating this girl when I was like 26, my first relationship where I was like, now we're on it. Okay. Let's do it. And so it's always a girl, man. It's always a girl. <laughs> she saved me. She's wonderful. That's uh, awesome. uh, she's so great. Uh, I hope she's doing well. I mean, she's not in my life anymore, but okay. um, I started dating her and I was like, oh, I should like have a, a good job, a full-time job. Or I should start working full-time. So then I was like, you know, I was working with these disabled kids and I was like bouncing at night. She's working at bars and stuff and we're together and I was like, um, I should do more. Like I, we're barely making it. Like I, I should like do more. And then the tattoos were stopping me from getting jobs, man. I'm sure. Especially in a small town too, man. No education. You know, I had an expunged felony or whatever. Like I never was sentenced. I never did time. But like I, when I got out, I had to like negotiate with the gang unit and stuff. And like, so I had like, I was on like a weird version of probation, gang probation or whatever. Wow. And they were like, we're going to, we're going to like charge you or not charge you, but you're going to have it. And then if you don't do it, it's expunged. Kind of like a deal where if you're going to have a felony, but they're like, we want you to join the army. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like one of those. And so I ended up not having to deal with that, but like employers can still see that on a background, which is so funny. Hey, don't have that in the background check. I did, I did the right thing, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, doesn't, yeah. so I was getting no jobs, you know, and I, I can't like move up in life. I'm making $9 an hour. I'm bouncing. It sucks. Well, people recognize you at the bouncing spots or anything like that. It'd be like the local crazy. Oh kid. yeah. Sometimes yeah. they'd be like, Oh yeah, you, you, but like, you know, mostly people going to bars are younger. So yeah. they didn't know who I was. So, yeah. but like it sucked and I wanted to move up. And so then I was like, I go to trade school. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. 
And um, I was like, I, I want to do something different. I want free time. I want to pr- pursue my passions. I have a lot of hobbies and things I love. And so I was like, I could go to school. I hate school. I don't have money to go to school. I didn't even really have money to go to trade school. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, of course, I don't pay my taxes and shit. So we're like, get a Pell Grant. And it's like, well, that works if you're the government likes you. Yeah, if you owe yeah. the government thousands of dollars and you're a criminal, like it's not happening. So I was like, Fuck. I was like stuck, dude. I was like trapped in. Um, and I was like, you know what? Like, what about comedy? I like was watching a lot of stand up and I tried an open mic or two and it was all right. And then I was like, I'm just going to pursue this. I'll just do it like it's college. I'll put all my energy into it. And like, who knows? Maybe something happens. And I wanted like a greater purpose. Yeah. I wanted to like work towards something. And it wasn't music. I'm not a musician. I like to make music, but I'm like not, I'm not talented. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just a guy who's passionate about music yeah, I, and I can it. scream without hurting my voice. So I was like, totally. yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I can like do something I'm proud of with comedy. And so I started doing comedy and it just worked out. And of course, I have like that hyper obsessive focus. Yes. And I just dumped it all into comedy, dude. Every yeah. night going out, meeting people, watching shows. I, I remember I set aside all my extra money and I stopped doing a lot of my hobbies. I stopped skating as much because I was paying to go to shows every weekend to watch professional comics. Wow. Just taking notes. Soak it all in. Yeah. Soaking it in, trying to figure out like, okay, so comics have a style. What would my style look like? How do I want to sound? What do I want to do? What do I want to, you know, and I, I really got it together quick. Who were some of the comedians that were inspiring you at the time? Dude, at the time, it was like Chappelle, Kevin Hart, uh, uh, Cat Williams. There are a lot of black comics. Yeah. They, they tell stories, but they're so charismatic. They control the stage. They're undeniable. These, these like monsters on stage, you know? Mm-hmm. And then also I started to find guys like, I like John Mulaney a lot. He's like a very sing-songy comic. He's performing to you, okay. but it's still authentic. I was really fascinated by that because um, that's not him on stage. Yeah. That's like an act. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I was like, oh, that's really interesting. He's so good at it, and he mixes authenticity with like a, a vaudeville performance. Like He's wearing a suit. And then um, cool. I got into like Rory Scovel, who's like esoteric and sort of weird, and then Pete Holmes, who's like – this really goofy sort of like silly comedy. He's having so much fun, a lot of childlike sense of wonder. And I, I was like, oh, I like all these. Yeah. So I started to mix and match. It's kind of like when you're starting out as a musician and you're like, okay, so these three bands are what I want to be. Totally. And and like you 100%. kind of unapologetically are like, I'm copying. Like these three guys, like let's make the music I want to listen <laughs> yeah. to. And it's this. Yeah. And, um, and then over time, all of a sudden you, you look and you go, oh, this is my style. Yeah. This is a new thing I made by loving these other things. And so that's kind of what happened with comedy. Plus, there's no comedians really with face tats. No. Are there? I had an up. Well, here's the thing. There are lots of comedians with sleeves you don't even yeah, see, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I mean, even back in the day, Joe Rogan had sleeves, but he would wear... Uh, True. He would wear stuff to cover it. Yeah. And I would meet other comics with sleeves, and they would be like, oh, I cover my tattoos because they're distracting. Interesting. And I kind of was like coming at it from like a hardcore perspective where I was like, that's like a part of it. It's part of you. This is me. I'm the yeah. guy. And so I, and you really can't cover your face. Yeah. And so instead of kind of trying to play myself down, I played it up. 
That's awesome. I would open up and be like, I know this was a bad idea. Look how wild <laughs> I look, you know? Like, I know this is stupid. <laughs> I would, you know, and I, some of my earlier jokes were, like, about, like, how I looked into, like, a history book about, like, freak show people who were tattooed. And then you're looking at them, and you have more tattoos than they do. You're like, <laughs> uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Did you ever regret your face tattoos at all? No. No. Nah. No, dude. I, I. And now what you're doing, it's, like, part of everything. Yeah. It's just a story. Outside of even hardcore and alternative culture and motorcycle clubs and like cowboy culture, all the stuff that inspired me and is big into tattoos and masculinity and all the kind of stuff that comes with it. I just think I love tattoos. Yeah, My same. dad had one on his back. And when I met him when I was really young, I saw it. It's like this guy pulling a sword out of the stone. Sick. He looks like Robin Hood. And my dad got it in like the 80s when he was in the Marines. That's hard. And I was like, this is hard as fuck. And I just remember <laughs> as a kid, no real context for heavy metal or alternative culture being like, this fucking rocks. Like, that's so cool. And being like, I want to be covered in these. Damn, you got your first one at 14? Yeah, yeah. Kitchen table tattoos, a bunch of them. So what, what was your first one? You my first one is on my wrist. I, I blacked out the sleeve, but I kept my first one. What does it say? It says, live, love, burn, die. Some Shakespearean shit that Atreyu also uses in a song, <laughs> which is so funny. That's now. awesome. That was yeah, your first dude. one? Yeah, first one. How many straight edge ones you got? Dude, a bunch. I'm sure you have a bunch. I have like kitchen table X's on my thumbs. I have like, you know, X's on my arms, straight edge on my arm, straight. X's on my throat. Sam got so many. I love straight edge. You can't have enough straight edge tattoos. Dude. I love to rep it. It just like makes me happy. Tattoos were, I just wanted to have them. Yeah. And I, the consequences be damned. I've always been like, be authentic. It'll work out. Yeah. It working out may not look like you think it'll look, but being happy is so much more important than being comfortable. 100%. So you got job stoppers at a young age, but now yeah. I feel like society, like my, um, I always talk about my FedEx guy has a neck tattoo. The guy at Trader Joe's has his eyelids. Like, it's so different now. Yeah, dude. And I mean... It's not as shocking anymore. That's kind of us. Yeah. You know, that's like... Sure. We owe Kat Von D, Ari uh, from Miami Inc. Yeah. Those guys, we owe them a huge debt. They sort of humanized people with tattoos, showed that it's art, and... That's um, a really good point. Yeah. And then households everywhere. Exactly. And then guys like us, you know, we kind of blasted ourselves early and yes. young. And then just by kind of existing in society, we like you were normalizing that. And now we're at a point where it's like really cool that someone can express themselves. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, oh, they got tattoos to be tough or whatever. Nah, which is dude. so funny because I'm just like such a nerd. But I have Darth Vader on my hand. Mm -hmm. I remember being a kid and wanting to be covered. <laughs> and my friends were like um, tough. They had tough guy tattoos. Yeah. And I always wanted I was like, I want to be Judge blasted Hammers. up. Yeah, they had Judge Hammer. I wanted to be blasted up, but I want I wanted to like almost poke fun at it. Mm. So like everyone had love hate on their knuckles. I got fruit boot. I love that. You know, everyone had like skulls, Punisher skulls, or like Judge Cross. You know, X'd up. I got Darth Vader on the hand. Yeah. You know, everyone was like doing crazy shit. I got Darth Maul on my arm. You know, I, I love that. I, I was goofing. Yeah. And I, I wanted to be blasted up, but I didn't want people to think I was tough. And there's no way to stop people from thinking that. But Spe yeah, especially, yeah, face tats and all that now. Yeah. But no regrets, man. I, I feel like the most important thing a person can do for themselves is look into the mirror and the person they imagine in their head is who is looking back at them. Love that. Yeah, dude. It's so, so true. And I support, that's why I support so many people of all different like identities or journeys with their body or whatever they're yeah. up to because 
to look at yourself and not be what you imagine yourself is like another type of hell. Mm. That's like so bad. Like we're on a journey to look at ourselves and see us as we imagine ourselves. When I daydream of myself, I want to see that guy. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I would daydream like about like being on stage at a hardcore show or like hanging out and I'm covered in tattoos and people are like, yeah, Shane has tattoos. That's so cool. He expresses himself. I feel cool. I wanted that. Now yeah. I have it. So consequences be damned, man. I love that. Are you still getting tattooed? A little bit here and there, but it hurts It's now, hard to get older, too. And I got to find the spots that I have are like my fucking dick and my taint. And I'm yep. not fucking with that right yep. now. I'm, I've got I'm like, saying right now because who knows, but like fuck. I have nothing left either. It's like I don't want to really. I have like my upper thighs. I, I have my waistband. I have a friend Ooh. in New Zealand who wanted, he's like, your waistband is like a traditional Maori spot. Let me do it because he's Maori. That'd be hard. And I'm like, oh, so. Do it out there too. Yeah, he's going to tap it on and I'm like, fuck, that's going to suck. But like, What about your I head? Your head fully it. tatted? So that's so funny you say that because I shaved my head for the first time in like 15 years and then my tattoo artist is like, what's going on with that head real Let's estate? go, man. And I'm kind of like, oh, you're right. Fuck. Once oh, you see no. it, dude. Once you see that space, oh, even under no. your hair, yeah, dude, you start jonesing for it. Like, what can you do? Like, what can exactly, I put there? Exactly, dude. Exactly. Like, I never got this one thing because it couldn't fit on my arm, but I could put it on my head. Yep. Would you yeah. do? Your, you probably can do your whole head. I, I will say. eventually. Yeah. Would yeah. you ever just shave and have just a head tat with no hair? I think so. Yeah. I mean, we we were all gonna go bald at some point. I know. I know. You know, I I'm know. a I I'm like a <laughs> I think I have a I think if you have like high testosterone or whatever that makes you go bald when you go get older. And I'm still, I'm pretty healthy. I'm pretty young still. I yeah, keep, I see I you work working out. out a lot too now. Yeah. yeah, I work out. I feel good. My libido's good. So I'm like, this hair is not long for this world. Yeah. So I'm like. Are you checking your libido? I mean. How do you know it's good? Oh, I mean, because I'm a maniac and okay. I'm fucking horny all the time, dude. <laughs> but that's like libido rewards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're taking care of yourself, your libido should be up. No, that's true. Were yeah, you yeah. vegan too as a kid? I was vegan for like nine years. Yeah. I tried to stay vegan when I was in the army. Oh, bro, that's fucking brutal. I can't I imagine people going to jail being vegan or gluten-free either, dude. Bro, Fuck, it's a wrap. Dude, guy, I knew so many guys in jail who were vegan in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Like that's, I'm sure they were being treated so bad by the guards Even like and lettuce stuff. and shit. Oh, dude, it's like emaciated. So you try to be vegan in the army. Yeah, I couldn't do it, though. I was vegetarian. I'm vegetarian now. I'm half-stepping. Is that the V is on your face? Uh, no, no. The V is VF stands for Violence Family, which is like the hardcore crew I was in. Ah. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Which is so funny. I still got that, but I can't cover it. It's like a throwback to. You would cover some era. crazy ones already, though. Yeah, but, okay. I've covered I'm, some crazy I'm, ones for sure. Okay. So you tried being vegan in the military? That wasn't happening. No, no, no. Maybe now it's more acceptable. Who knows? I don't know. I think you might be able to pull it off because plant based is everything. Related. Yeah, yeah. I think you could just like they have vegetarian meals, and you could probably just make it work. But dude, you got to have so many calories in you during basic and stuff. Especially if you're in Fort Benning. Shout out to anyone who's graduated at Fort Benning. You're fucking man, and I'm proud of you, man. That's gnarly. tough. It's gnarly. Yeah, it's gnarly. It's gnarly. It's hard, you know? So, so you're a vegetarian now? Are I'm you, a vegetarian you now, you were vegan yeah. for a while? And I was vegan for a long time, and dude, I'll end up being vegan again, but I'm just enjoying... Cheese? It's not even that Is I love... Cheese? It's not that I love cheese. People it's, love cheese. That's a hard one for people, though. It's that I enjoy so much that being vegetarian is so wildly easy. Mm. There's no place I'm invited where I have to order fries. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I kind of enjoy that right now, especially I'm on the road, but just order fries. Dude, do you, do you, vegan friends, you remember that? Everyone's just hitting fries at the diner. I know. Just super junk food vegans at the beginning, man. Dude, sure. it was Oreos and chips and salsa. Then they got Boca Burgers when they had that uh, at Denny's for a second. Dude, it was amazing when they we, had Boca Burgers. We figured out smart dogs. We'd smart go on dogs. tour and you'd have like an ice chest, literally, and we would steal them, of course. Just go to every <laughs> store and fill in backpacks of smart dogs, dude. Tofu pops, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would just be eating smart dogs raw, dude. And like <laughs> peanut butter and peanut butter sandwiches. Fucking brutal. Yeah, dude. So so when you start doing the comedy, um, when do you start making money from it? Like, this is something I want to do. When it, it becomes a, reality. It took a while. Yeah. I started comedy when I was like 26, 27, and I didn't make money until I was like 31. Which, I, listen, that's really early in show business, but like, bad, yeah. I guess I say it takes a long time because I didn't make money in my life till I was 31. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it feels like a long time. I'm very fortunate. I, I got a break real early in my career. Um, I started making money when I was like 31, but the year before I turned 31, I got divorced. It was real rough. I was How long are you married for? I was married for like a year and a half. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not long for this world. <laughs> that was my bad, dude. Okay. Again, she's wonderful and she deserves all the happiness in the world. I have nothing bad to say about any of my exes. Do you feel like you don't deserve happiness at some times, at some point in your life because of all the shit you went through? Oh, yeah. Or love, or like you can't feel it because you're like so like shut off to it maybe? or There was like a conscious thing where I would be like, she deserves better. And I would kind of sabotage my own relationships. Ah. I got over that. What I didn't realize, but I still subconsciously was carrying that. Okay. Now I'm doing things without even realizing it. I'm feeling certain ways without even realizing it. You know, I have behaviors that I'm not conscious of, you know, that are like me feeling like I'm not worthy. Yeah. That like when a woman like shows me love, I'm maybe on the inside questioning it. I'm not accepting it correctly. You can't trust people or? yeah yeah and then you mm. gotta like try to correct that behavior the conscious behavior is the first one that goes but then you realize like oh i have subconscious stuff wow. i'm not realizing that i'm like reacting to love in the wrong way or like trying not to accept it yeah because you definitely deserve it you've been through so much shit like just to have like a good life and relationship with somebody yeah dude it does feel Everything like you've been through it feels like you're paying a penance sometimes mm. and you kind of you, you like flagellate yourself does therapy help that yeah yeah, therapy helps for sure. Therapy is, you know... I'm in it now for the first time, like the 50s, that first time doing it, yeah. How is it? I like it. I've been three times already. I like it. Nice, yeah. Nobody in my family's ever been to therapy, and so, I don't know. It's interesting. I think just having a forum to be self-reflective. Yeah. It's almost not even the therapist for me personally, as much as I have a time and a space to stop and examine my behaviors, why I do them, what I'm thinking... Say some thoughts out loud that maybe I wouldn't otherwise in yeah, a safe yeah. place. And safe so, place. And sort of uh, almost make my own realizations. Mm. And every once in a while, they'll throw something at me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think it's good to be like self-reflective. Yeah. Especially when you get older too, man. Yeah. So yeah. You, so you get a divorce a year and a half into your relationship. Was this your first real like love thing? Real, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, real into it. And then um, our relationship was great. And she was wonderful and I loved her, but I don't know that I, I didn't understand what being in love was yet mm. in love. Like where you're like insane that like, I'll do anything like this is it. Yeah. This is the meaning of life type shit. Totally. I had only ever felt that from my friends where I was like, I'll die for you. Wow. Well, I mean, it wasn't even I die for you because that's like basic shit. A firefighter will come into your house and die for you. It's well, I would Point. kill for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real shit. 
Fuck. It's not what I would let happen to me. It's what I would do to other people on your behalf. Okay. Kind of was the thing in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, a dog will die for me. My dog loved me. That's like, but I have a different type of love. This is on another level. Mm-hmm. I'll go to prison for you. You know, yeah. and so that's like the type of love. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not getting that from a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a different type of love, a tenderness and understanding. And I, that wasn't what I knew. And so I did fall in love after my divorce for the first time. Where are you when you get divorced? Are you in New York at this point? No, I'm in okay, Salt Lake yet. still. And what is your big break for comedy? Is that, is that in New York? Dry or? bar in Salt Lake. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's this guy named Keith Stubbs. He runs Wise Guys Comedy. I owe my career to him. Okay. Took me under his wing, made me a regular at the club, took care of me, believed in me even though my comedy wasn't always clean or, or whatever. And he kind of was like... What do you he, mean clean? Because dry bars clean. Ah. You have to be like advertiser friendly, family friendly. Oh, okay. And so when they started it, even though I wasn't clean at almost ever... In my sort, a lot of the source material in my act at the time was rough. Like it was crazy shit. I was talking about sex and whatever. And he was kind of like, I believe in you and your ability to write. Like, do this. Don't, no excuses, results, which I have responded to that kind of shit. I like that G shit. Like, I like when someone looks me right in the face and goes, You're going to do it. Like, I believe in you. Get it done. And so he was kind of like, you're going to do this half hour because I'd said no. Okay. He was like, no, you're going to do it. You're going to write it. It's going to be good. And you're going to do what I tell you to. Okay. Because you're a comedian. Comedians write. It doesn't matter if it's clean or whatever. If I tell you to do jokes about X, Y, or Z, you're going to figure out how to do them because you're a comic. Mm. This is your job. And so I was like, yeah, it is. If I want it to be my job, I have to treat it like my job. Yes. So instead of being like, oh, this is how I do. I was like, no, I'm going to be funny. And so I wrote it. He he did it. It came out. I kind of thought nothing of it. Like, well, I'm not going to like be famous from this. What year is this? This is like 2000. Shoot. What? When was this? 2018? Prison for Wizards? Yeah. Prison for Wizards. Okay. Prison for Wizards cool comes name. out 2019. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. It's fun. <laughs> and then that came out, and a bunch of people shared it on Reddit. It went viral, blew up. Wow. And it was off to the races from there, man. A club called me. Do you want to do something? An agent called me. You know, of course, I was wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. He really took advantage of that. First agent was no good. But, wow. you know, I and it was off to the races. Holy and then uh, I was going nuts, dude. Just trying everything I could. Are you traveling then, too? And it's oh, yeah. And before then, I was traveling also. I was doing, like, these... Sh- there's these things uh, where comics do like the road and they don't do like big cities. They're doing like bars and stuff. Okay. And there's bars like we have a comedy night in Montana. Yeah. And then the <laughs> comics who go there, you know, you both make like $500 and split it and you're driving. Damn. It's like literal, like back in the day, hardcore. We're in not even a van van. We're in a minivan pulling a U-Haul trailer like type shit. And yeah. so I did those shows forever performing for people who were eating. Didn't even know I was going to be there Damn. making, I remember the year before I started making money, I was living in my brother's spare bedroom, uh, sleeping in there because he had like a lot of cats. All his litter boxes were in there. And I'm sleeping in that room, dude. It's brutal. brutal. It sucked. And I'm sleeping in there and like I'm a loser. I've gotten divorced. I have no money. I used to I uh, bounce at the bar. Uh, that my ex-wife was the manager of. So that's Ah, done. I don't have a a job. So I went and got this part-time job like a t-shirt factory. 
So I'm doing the t-shirt factory and I'm doing road comedy when I can. And the t-shirt people are cool. I'm running this machine that like cures the shirts as they come out. And it's in this tiny room and it's so hot that I'm in my underwear. <laughs> listening to like a boom box working all day. And oh like, it's you know, it's, and I'm just like, this is my life. This is where I belong. I belong sweating in a factory. You know, I'm kind of resigned to it. And then I'm doing the comedy. I'm on the road. And I remember distinctly being like, if I can make $10,000 this year, I can survive off that. Because then I'll do as much comedy as I can. Yeah. And uh, the next year I made it, dude. But uh, yeah, I survived off wow. like $10,000 for a year, which isn't as crazy as it sounds in Utah in Not 2017, yeah. but still. Fuck. Yeah, dude. A your, lot. your first stand up was at Wise Guys or something? Is the first? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the first place I ever performed. Fuck. How was that first time? Were you nervous? Yeah. Yeah, I was Did like, you bomb? dude, I bombed. I bombed hard. <laughs> I remember distinctly doing like this joke and it, it's completely flat. No one was making a sound. And then one lady in the back goes, ha, like mean, you know, Aww. like she's laughing at me. I was like, damn, that was brutal. And then I distinctly remember this. I got off stage and I'm so defeated. I'm just like, damn, I, I like I have to kill myself now. <laughs> you know, like I have to commit seppuku. This is over. I'm embarrassed. And I'm walking out. And I'm like, I can't believe how bad that went. I like wrote this. And Aww. as I'm walking out, the host gets up and he was like, give it up for Shane or whatever, because that's what they do. And then he goes, you can catch him uh, his next show in a Pennywise concert or something like that was his reference. Oh, my God. Because he's just like a regular guy. And I, was, <laughs> I remember thinking distinctly to myself, Fuck that band. Like, I was so mad at Pennywise, like, for no reason. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. So how do you end up in New York? Um, in bed -Stuy. In bed -Stuy. So comedy goes well. Fuck. I'm touring. I'm living in Salt Lake. I'm in love with this woman. I'm crazy about After her. After the divorce. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, we move in together too? right away. No, okay, okay. no. But she used to have a podcast with me. Okay. And she's, like, wonderful, and she's so fun. Dude, I like psychopaths okay. <laughs> i like a woman who's like so full of passion i like a crazy person okay like i want to feel it i want it i want my relationship to be visceral i like a woman who's like a really active interest in me she's she's aggressive she she meets you there you know okay. like i like a lady who will grab a birthday cake with her bare hand okay sick. you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. she's that okay. she's so fun and so we're together but like dude i'm still like not meant i'm no therapy i'm still mentally not ready to receive love i'm not good in the relationship i'm writing her love letters and doing all the like little boy shit that you imagine what love is mm. i write her love letters i'm like confessing all my love to her i'm like we're, we're having sex all the time i'm obsessed with her but like that's not all of what love is no i needed like the other parts and i they just weren't there man and mm. i i like essentially failed her myself and i think she was young too so she she also wasn't ready in some ways but i just couldn't i couldn't keep it together and so we ended up breaking up and and that was i was like okay well nothing's keeping me here yeah. and i'm to advance my career i need to go somewhere and do something and so it was la or new york at the time i wasn't surfing yet Mm. So I the ocean was not a factor. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. So I went to L.A. and I kind of thought, oh, people here are nice to your face, but mean behind your back. I went to New York and I said, people are mean to your face, but nice behind your back. This is Ooh, my shit. That's a good one. So yeah. I went to New York. And you had been spending any time there before in your life? No, none. You've been there. Before? I went r one time for like a day. Wow. I went to New York raw, dude. That's so it's such an amazing fucking place. Dude. My friend was in Brooklyn. I showed up. He was like, you could stay with me. I show up to his apartment. It's the typical Brooklyn apartment. Almost no space. His room was the size enough for two twin beds. We threw a bunk bed in there. 
I slept on the top of the bunk. I had no place to put my clothes and stuff, so I had like an army duffel bag that was on the end of the bunk. So I had to take it off to sleep and put it back on during the military day. Military shit too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so I lived up there, and him and I did comedy, and we just lived in that little room for a while. Wow. What year is this now? That was, what, what are we in? 2019 maybe 2020 uh, not too long ago it's not crazy. too long ago dude I, I i'm fresh right for the pandemic too i'm fresh before the pandemic oh my god i make money from dry bar for the first time oh should i have money it's time for therapy it's time to get a real apartment we got a real apartment and it's been it's been gravy since then and bed it, well, I started in Queens in Astoria. I used to live there in the 80s. It's sick. Yeah, yeah. Freaking yeah. cool neighborhood, dude. So yeah. I've always been really interested in, I don't like um, New York young culture. I'm not a fan of, of, of inauthentic people, of performative people, of whatever, whatever. I, when I walk around in Brooklyn and I see like younger kids and they see me and they're like, yeah, you're like one of us. I'm like, no, I'm not. Nah. I'm not into polyamory or whatever the fuck you're into, <laughs> dude. I'm not about that shit. I, like I support you. Like you're on a journey, but like I'm not you. Yeah. I have, I'm way, I'm. You like I'm the a, old New York shit. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a different thing. I just don't like what they're up to. They're all rich kids pretending to be poor. I think there's nothing wrong with being rich. And I agree. Being lucky to come up in Salt Lake where there were a lot of well-to-do hardcore kids mm -hmm. that never hit it. They were like, I have a loving family. Yeah. I'm very lucky. Like they were authentic. I, I love, love that too. I, I want an authentic person. Yeah. Be rich, be authentic about it. Be privileged, be authentic about your privilege. Acknowledge it. Mm. You know, take care of other people. Be totally. yourself. Yeah. And it's also a prison to pretend to be poor or whatever. Yeah. That sucks, dude. You're doing yourself no favors. No. So I don't like that New York shit. So when we moved, <laughs> I was like, I got to go to a, a neighborhood with families. So we went to Astoria, which is like a neighborhood with a lot of permanent residents. Oh, yeah. Not transient kids coming in. And that in hasn't out. really gotten hipsterish yet at all. No. It's Queens, especially. No, no, no. Queens. It's yeah. hard Queens. Yeah, I was surprised. Seven train. It's very conservative, like Trump Trump shirts at the, the, the gym type shit. Wow. I was like, wow, in Queens. Queens yeah. Well, he's from Queens, but still. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I was like, oh, it's gnarly, but it's fine, whatever. People are in what I'm into. I'm from Utah. I've, I got nothing to yeah, say. Yeah, I've seen so it all. I've seen it all, you yeah. So all. <laughs> I'm there. Um, it's cool. And then um, we moved in with two of my other friends. I got more money. And I was like, well, what am I to do with this? I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. I don't have obligations. I don't live extravagantly. I don't want a car. I don't care about comfort. Um, I value comfort so little. And in fact, I think comfort is the enemy of happiness. Mm. If you let yourself become a little too comfortable, that's bad. Gotcha. Yeah. I think you can have a beautiful life and a comfortable home and a family, but you need to manufacture a little adversity. Yeah. You need to get into the ocean. You need to hike. You need to get into the weight room. You need Ice to bath. You need to start a new hobby. Mm -hmm. Ice bath, dude. I do that a lot. Yes. Yeah. In Utah, that was we were doing it way back in the day. Yeah. I'm going out with a sledgehammer and knocking the ice out of our our horse trough and jumping in it. Hell yeah. So like, yeah, like uh so I was like um nice it's money. I was like fuck it. I'll, I'll just like You make your good money now doing stand up yeah, killing it. Yeah. A decent amount. I mean, yeah. I'm li I don't check my bank account when I eat and that was my dream. Wow. You know? That's and awesome. so I move I move me and all the homies into one big place. I just throw the down payment. Let's go. So we all moved in and it was in Bedside because they're like, there's no girls in Astoria. <laughs> That's the thing. They were like, dude, there's no babes in Queens. So we moved to Brooklyn. They were right. There's babes Biggie in Brooklyn. Biggie Smalls, Bedside, man. There's, yeah. there's babes in Brooklyn for sure. So yeah, Brooklyn's crushing thriving all kinds of young everything people it's yeah. great so we moved to brooklyn and that's where we are now i live with three grown men we're all in our 30s making it happen dude are they comedians too yeah 
Wow. I love communal living too, dude. Yeah. Dude. I mean, I'm, I'm unashamed to be, I'm a communist. You know, I, 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 uh, I, I, uh, that's just how I feel. My worldview is that, you know, we should all just take care of each other communitively. Mm -hmm. And so you've been out there for how long? Uh, in Bedside, in New York, yeah. Oh, and I've been living in New York for three and a half years now. Okay. Bedside for one and a half. Okay, but yeah, dude. So it, communal living. I just didn't want to live. I could have gotten a place by myself. Tried to like get a hot girl, whatever. You know, like, oh yeah, I'm an adult. I was like, nah, man. Let's live with three other dudes. But right, right <laughs> when you moved there, the pandemic hits too, though, right? Yeah, dude. Does that shut shit down for like? Yep. Nothing. Trapped in our apartment in Astoria for like a year, dude. Wow, man. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I'm a huge nerd. So like I just crushed books, video games, you know. I saw the other day you're doing like three different things. You're like putting something <laughs> together, listening to new Fit for an Autopsy. Yeah. And then you're fucking working on something or a dungeon, whatever you do. That's yeah, how I, I do it. it, man. I yeah. love it. I just like to like fill the space. Mm -hmm. I like to feel like Always staying busy, right? And yeah, 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 yeah. So. You've always been like that? Oh, absolutely. And comedy's opened these avenues now where like I get to collaborate with like guys who write role playing games I really admire. And then mm. I'm like, hey, I love your stuff because I, if I like something, I tell someone. Yeah, totally. You have same, to. Same. It's like if I see a shirt I like, I will be like, bro, sick shirt. Same. Hey, Breed, what's up? You know, I love that. You know, I keep it pushing, but I'm like, you always give the compliment. If my friend looks handsome today, he's going to know about it. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I don't dude. keep that to myself. And so when I started to get more popular, I'd be like, dude, I, I love your book. You know, I love this game you wrote. I love this. And they'd be like, Oh shit, I, I like your comedy. And then now I'm in a, a weird place where because of comedy, I get to pursue these things that I'm almost more passionate about. Other hobbies, I got yeah. to help like write a game. You know, I got to help work on this game called Forbidden Psalms, which is like a Warhammer type thing. And I got to collaborate with skate magazines. And, oh, that's like, awesome, man. You know, yeah. I've met surfers and so that's cool. I get to pursue these other passions. Yeah, are you, are you skating in New York too at all now? Skating in New York for sure. Yeah, we talked about earlier, we get hurt. Less when you surf than when you skateboard. <laughs> yeah. I think surfing can be more catastrophic. Mm. When it goes real wrong, ooh. Yeah. It's the, it's much worse than skating almost. Does that start in New York for you, surfing? Yeah. That's so crazy. Rockaway you, Beach, You never baby. even think about that until we talked earlier, like Rockaway Beach, Ramones, like yeah. going out there surfing. Dude, there's a big surf culture. Balaram Stack, dude. A surfer from New York won the Pipe Masters. Wow, okay. Dude, dark water surfing, baby. We're in there. It's dark water. It's different kind of. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like mud. You can't see through it. Wow. Yeah, dude. And it's warmer. We were talking about that as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the temp is warmer. So you, you have to surf in the snow for like part of the year. And then the spring, it's kind of California style. You throw on the three-two, no booties. You're just in the water. But in the summer, boardies. Were you were you snowboarding too in Utah? No, skiing. Skiing, but that's a kind of a rich man's game. I would <laughs> ski here and there when I could. But it's expensive. It took my son snowboarding recently. Everything, all the gear, it's it's fucking nuts. It's dude. kind. They they've made it so that it's like almost impossible to. People used to make it a lifestyle like ski bums the way surf bums exist. Yeah, and being a ski bum is tough. Now to do it, you have to work at the ski resort. You know, or you have to live on the mountain and like be involved in the culture directly. Do you start surfing during the, pan during the pandemic? No, I started surfing a year and a half ago. Dude, it changed my life. Because imagine during the pandemic when nobody's going to the ocean too. That's that's I, when I started going with my son. When everything was closed down, I go to the beach with my son. I watch him surf because that's when he started. And then I started trying it myself. It stood up on my first wave and it's like fucking magical, man. It's just crazy. It's nothing like skateboarding. No. It's um it's like you're in tune with nature. Yes. 
And you're in and nature is like carrying it's I can't even explain it because people are like I heard my son saying all this shit. I'm like, yeah, that's some hippy dippy shit. But once it happens to you, like, fuck, man. Yeah. This yeah. is beautiful, dude. Yeah, dude. I fell in love with it. Yeah. Like, I mean, truly I mean, I'm in love with a few things for sure. And uh, you know, but this is like something that I just adore. It's and you like, never even thought about it or cared about it. So I've always loved the ocean and playing in waves. Yeah. I boogie boarded a ton over the course of my life. Anytime yeah. I was near the ocean, I was like, "We got to get in the waves." I distinctly remember skating a lot, being good. We would come to California to skate sometimes, and I'd be like, "Why do you guys skate? The ocean is right there. How are you not in there all the time?" Mm. It's so fun. The waves are so fun. I've, you know, I love water. Anytime I can jump off something into water, go to raging waters, whatever. I just like water. <laughs> So I'd always wanted to surf. One day, I see a documentary about guys surfing in Alaska and Iceland. What's that called? The documentary? I can't even remember. I think it's like... Oh, there's so many docs. My yeah, there's so me many, dude. 100 there's, foot wave series, all this shit. Yeah, if you look up like Iceland surf documentary, okay. there's like five now, and they're all beautiful. Okay. So well done. And so um, there was this one I watched, and I was like, they surf in the snow? And it was November, and it was freezing in New York. It was like snowing. I literally, as soon as I saw it, like clicked off the YouTube video, Googled surf school, New York city, called them and made the appointment on the spot, went the next day. That was a good thing to put your money into. Yeah. Immediately. I was like, I want this. I got to do it. I started going to school for it. Yep. I, I stood up on my first wave that day. Put me on a like nine foot foamy. I got lucky. You know, I've skated a lot, so I'm like mobile. I Good got balance and shit. Yeah. He pushed me into the wave or whatever this instructor does. I stood up and I literally remember like everything's different now. It's over. This is this is what I'm up to. This is like the focus. Where is that class at? This was at Rockaway Beach from uh New York Surf School. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The first day you stood up on a wave. Yeah. First day I stood up on a wave. Like, this is it. And I was hooked, dude. I, I literally took a photo that day with the instructor and was like, You ever have a day where like everything's different now? And that was a day, man. Now surfing is like the number one. It's over everything. Every day I try to or every day I can, I get in the water, dude. It did waves one foot, doesn't matter. Mm. I'm trying to i I've you know, I've got a whole quiver now. I'm surfing, I'm trying to travel to surf. You know, surfing informs like so much of like what I'm up to, where I am. It's good for the mental too, man. So good for you. It's a physical, it's in nature. I I, uh, I climbed a lot as a kid and I liken it to climbing too. I was never really passionate about climbing as much as I could have been, but I see what climbers are up to. Mm. You know, it's a sort of like struggle against nature. It can be as hard or as easy as you need it to be. It can be creative. True. It's, it's you know, it's this beautiful thing. You make these friendships. It's outdoors. Do you go at five in the morning, like super early bird style? Sometimes, but I'm my not, son's all about I'm that. I'm cheating though. I'm not early bird. I've been up. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you wake up early? No, I'm just all night, and you know, Dang. and then I come home from serving at nine, and I sleep because I, you know, performing. Oh, you're performing all night. Your yeah. schedule's wonky. I do wake up though, man. I've you stay up all night and then go surf, dude. I woke up uh, the like yeah. I performed until like one a.m. like two nights ago, uh, both nights in San Diego, and I woke up to surf at Ocean Beach. Waves weren't even good. I woke up with like four hours of sleep. Was like, we got to get it. That's 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 original ice bath going into the ocean yep. like that, man. That's why I think my son's so good at the plunge because he's been going into it always. He loves it, man. Dude, yeah. When you surf in the winter and you fall, your suit floods. Mm. So you get in, you get like thirty seconds of ice bath, maybe thirty times over the course of three hours. You've been barreled before. 
Uh, I got my first, so I've, I've like been in a barrel a bunch of times, but I got my first like stand up surfing barrel, which a year and a half in a surfing, all my friends are like, dude, this is the craziest shit. It's like, pretty crazy. Yeah. I, it's not that I'm good. It's that I'm stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I went to, I went to Australia to surf. Wow. I, I made some friends with, uh, like, uh, Hayden, Hayden from Hayden shapes. He's like this, uh, shaper. And then this other guy, uh, Oh, fuck. I'm forgetting his name. Justin from uh, out in Australia. They're great. And so they hooked me up. I, I'm like, yeah, I got to go out there and surf. I show up. I'm surfing around, driving up to the Gold Coast or whatever. But I go to Bondi Beach, which is like not like a fa- – it's a famous beach, but it's like not really like a surfing, surfing beach. But the swell was up. It was like eight feet or something. And these things were like barreling. It took me like 45 minutes to paddle out. I'm just getting my <laughs> ass pounded. I get out there and I'm with these Australians and Australians are so gnarly and I'm getting these vibes like I'm back in the Utah at the rodeo to ride a bull. Mm. And when you ride a bull, it's this thing where like everyone is around you in the shoot. You know, there's like music playing and you're, you're strapping up and you're on this thing and people are just like, let's fucking go. Like everyone's screaming and hitting you yeah. and the bull's like hitting his head against the thing. and He wants it. The bull knows what his job is. He's stoked. He's like, he's also like, let's go. And there's this like energy in the shoot and you're just like getting situated and there's everyone around you. And it's like, do it. Like, you're not getting off. You are going, yeah. you know, it's like, man, sh- it's time. Mm-hmm. The shoot opens and like, it's like this crazy feeling. So that was, I'm out there and I'm like, these Australians are like cowboy. Like this is, if you paddle for a wave and you don't go. And they see you pull oh, back. Raptor, yeah. No, dude. And I'm the American and I'm covered in tattoos. <laughs> I'm like, see what you got, dude. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm like, they're going to, they're not going to, they don't care if you're bad. Yeah. They care if you're going to be a man. They're, are you a surfer or not? Mm. And so, dude, I was charging every way. And as a result, I accidentally got barreled like four times stand up, but I didn't make it out of any of them. Wow. I'm getting crushed in closeouts. Dude, I do not care. I'm like, these Australians are not going to have anything bad to say about America when I leave here. Like, you went hard. I went hard, dude. I got pounded. I'm talking about the next day I couldn't surf. I went there trying to serve every day. I mean, spent all this money to go to Australia. I was sleeping in my car at the time, and I was just laid up in my car reading a book. All I was so sore. Dude, for like two <laughs> days, water would just randomly come out of my nasal passage. Wow. Like I was like, hacking up water, dude. I was so beat up. I was getting like pushed down into the sand and try. Oh, dude. I was getting demoed. You can get pretty fucking hurt, too. You huh? can get hurt, yeah. But I was charging him, dude. And I stood up on a few. I remember distinctly I stood up and I put my hand into the water and I realized like, oh, I'm like standing up. And then, but my hand is by my face and it's in the water. And then I have that feeling where it's like hollow and it's like making this crazy Uh, sound. I'm like, I'm in it. And I I remember being like, oh my God. And then all of a sudden the lights went out, dude, because it just closed on me. You just get through under pretty deep too. Yeah, dude. I was getting, I'm sure there's, here's the thing. I don't know what the technique is. I think you're supposed to like push yourself to the bottom of like the pocket or whatever to try. But I was just getting thrown over the falls and absolutely rolled. Yeah. Dude. And is duck diving hard to learn to do? Yeah. Yeah, my son does that too. Yeah, duck diving is hard. Just to paddling learn. out is fucking a mission. It's such a crazy workout. It's so hard. And then if you want to duck dive, you got to have a board with less leaders, mm. a smaller board. But then it's harder to paddle. Yeah. So you're you're getting mobility, but you're you need the fitness to back it up. 
So you're totally into it too. Like every part of it, dude, I love it. Every part. I mean, I almost like more the like traveling and the different waves in the ocean and like the way it makes you feel. I'm kind of a no day in the ocean is a bad day guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm too old. I'm not young anymore. I'm not going to start surfing. Like I'm gonna go pro. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, but isn't that freeing to start a hobby and not be, have that young insane mindset. You're like, why would I even do this if I can't go pro? I do it for fun. Yeah. Did you ever have that? Um, yeah, I mean, I wanted to be pro skater as well as you in the eighties yeah. and stuff. And that was my whole thing. But then when I got older, um, which actually trying to surf for my son, yes, doing it for fun, but also skating later on in life just for fun. No pressure. Yeah. I'm not like in, trying to be competitive and just like, yeah, just like playing music too, playing music cause you love it. It's fun and yeah. not for the fucking money or the, the business about music sucks and just doing it for the right reasons. Right. True. And not being very competitive and just that moment. You're in the moment now. Yeah. It's your, this is like your fucking therapy in a sense, I think. Exactly. Do you exactly. still go to therapy? Yeah. Yeah. It's does like it, here and it there. Help? It's like teletherapy now, but Do it's good. Do you have good. to like be in therapy your whole life? I don't think so. I, feel like I think some the people thera- are though. I think maybe some people are and that's okay for them. I yeah. think therapy for me, because I've stopped and then come back. I think it ebbs and flows. I think I, I need to be really honest with myself about like, hey, maybe I should get in there and just see what's up. check in with yourself yeah exactly the same way like you need to maybe i don't meditate every day but sometimes i'm like i haven't like sat for a second let's do it you know sort of just like self-care you meditate a lot i try to yeah i got way into zen when i was younger i read a a book called dharma punks i know dharma punks yeah dude like i was like oh this is it like i've always been really into religion and i I was always like kind of sketched out like what the hell is real that's gnarly (laughs) and so but i got into buddhism from that and then there was one called hardcore zen okay about this punk rock dude who gets way into zen buddhism and moves to japan and marries a woman and that one's uh, Dharma Punks is sort of like an epic autobiography okay. where the, he like goes on this journey and it's like wild and he's very punk and it's like weird and he makes a lot of mistakes. Hardcore Zen is more like th- uh, thoughtful about Zen and like his life. He's a little less crazy mm-hmm. and so it's much more focused on like actual Zen and how it works and how it may affect you. Whereas Dharma Punks was like, I was reading it like I'm him. Yeah. And this is what he's, his adventures are so cool. Yeah, he talks about bands and stuff like that and yeah. hardcore stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you did that at a young age? Yeah, I did pretty young, and then I went to like I even went to like a week long like no speaking Zen thing once. That was wow. gnarly. Yeah. So you, you were talking before like you're really interested in different types of religions. Super. You're always asking questions. You're going to churches. You're yep. doing all this stuff. I read them. I re- I've read all the books. I read, read the them Bible consistently. Obviously. Yeah, I'm really into it. I love it. It's I just think it's like really beautiful. I think there's a real power in ritual. It's a real power and like feeling connected to people before you. I think religion taps into a lot of positive stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. were you religious growing up? No, not yeah, even. So a you weren't a Mormon. Bit. We talked about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. 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 There so was no, like, no no religion in your house. There was like two years where my stepfather and my mom were like, "We're hardcore Christian." Okay. And they would like put us on this little bus and they would take us to like this trailer where it was a half church, half house. It was like, wow. wow. You know, like the preacher like had it would convert his house into the church and we'd all be there. Wow. So I would do that. And, um, but that wasn't, I was also kind of like snarky as a kid. So I would like ask questions that would bum everyone out. I was kind of like a little like one of those hardcore, like I became for a couple of years like a, an atheist that was like so sure I was right, mm. uh, which is like, uh, that's a, a phase 
that I think a lot of young people need to go through maybe, but yeah, for sure. It, it would be better to temper that with a sort of like, I can't know everything. Yeah, we, think, we think you do when you're young though. Yeah. Especially when you're punk or hardcore. Yeah. You've got the world figured out. Fuck this, fuck that. That's not real. This isn't real. Yeah. What I know is everything. True. You know, my son grew up, we grew up here, no religion in my house as well, but I grew up as a Catholic. My mom made me go to church. <laughs> that's that's a lot. My wife too, yeah, like had to go to church, go to communion, go to fucking, oh, I hate it so much. I went to a Latin mass recently. What is that like? Beautiful. Mm. It's pretty emotional, pretty incredible. Where was that at? I feel it. It was in New York, like St. Magdalene's. Okay. I think. I, I don't There's know some crazy called. beautiful churches in New Dude. York, though. I'm like, really... Yeah. Yeah, it was gorgeous. A Latin mass, dude. It's crazy. It's all in Latin. It's this weird thing where, for me personally, I love history so much that I'm sitting and I'm watching them do it in Latin, and I'm like, oh, this is like like people in the 1400s saw them do this exact thing. These are the exact words. These are the songs. This is the place. Yeah. Like, they were emotional. They were attached to this. This ritual meant a lot to them. It was a source of strength and, like, fear and whatever. And I'm in this room experiencing it. Like, mm. they're the, me and them are connected right now. Yeah. Like, I, that's really interesting to me. Yeah. Oh, so I love I love religion in a weird way. I think it's also been incredibly destructive. You know, we people use it for evil all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people use everything for evil. I don't think that's a it's a, true. a device of religion. I think it's unfair to single religion out. I think it's just because it's so prevalent in our lives. Yeah. Especially hardcore atheists are like, if there was no religion, this wouldn't happen. I don't think so. Mm. I think people still find a way to be evil. I think so too. Yeah. But so I'm really interested in it. I, dude, the power of ritual symbology yeah. i mean yeah straight edge guys i was going to say that too straight edge is almost, not a religion for us but like i've been like this my whole life just like you yeah never tried anything and it's something the ritual of of abstaining mm. you know okay. the the um the dedication the the oath you know um it's like a priest the convictions we live yeah, by. yeah yeah they they're expressing their faith through uh saying no to marriage and and romance in love and we are expressing our faith and ourselves and our friends and our community by abstaining from alcohol smoking and and like you know recreational drugs yeah and great point yeah and it's like a ritual and then we have our symbols our religious symbols our our x's our <laughs> sxe we have our hymns xvx yeah, yeah dude we have our hymns we have our holy place dude it's really interesting when you have a have you ever had like a religious experience maybe you're gonna think you're gonna think it's really corny when I say this. I love it, dude. Give it to me. When I went and saw Coldplay, it was like a religious oh, experience. Well, that's what I was gonna say. It was like a magical body. I don't. Know, it's so stupid, but whatever. No, no. So when, like a concert or a show, like that was like magical. My whole body felt it. Just the songs and the crowd and the, I don't know, man. It's weird, right? dude. So uh, that's literally my what I was gonna bring up. I so I had a religious experience when I was really young. I I went to um I lived next to like a Native American reservation, the Paiutes and stuff, were in Utah. Wow. And they would you know obviously hang out with all of us and and they go to our high school and stuff. We hang out with them and I got to do I had this like religious experience uh during this like ritual and i like had hallucinations and like i felt so connected and, and it was like so beautiful and i was like crying and i wow i was like wow and i'd seen mormons give their testimony of faith 
And that was really interesting to me. They would they would talk about how the Book of Mormon is so true and God is a, such a big part of their lives and they believe it unequivocally. Okay. They have faith and they would like weep and it would be really emotional. And I was like, that's so powerful. Like, is that real? Like, it's obviously real. I know this kid. Like he's this dorky kid making jokes about masturbation and now he's crying in church about how much he's feeling the spirit. Wow. And I was like, I want to feel that. What is that like? And I had that experience with these Native American people. Then I had it again during Zen. Then I had it again while I was sort of, uh, I was in a Catholic church actually. And it was this church, oh, what is it in Salt Lake? St. Amy's or something? I don't know. But it was uh, this big, beautiful Gothic church. And I'm in there and they're doing it. And um they were taking communion and I was just chilling watching and it was just like this incredibly beautiful thing. And all these people were so moved and it was so important to them. And I don't know, I had another one and I was like, God is here with me right now. Then I had one, you know, and, and it started to like, as I became open to spirituality, I began to feel it more. Wow. But it feels like when you're at a show a show man and you're connected to everyone and this band is so important to you and here they are and the music like washes over you and it's like electric and it's in your body like you feel you're like oh there's more happening here this is supernatural yeah um that's what a religious experience is like and so for us our hymns our music we're having these religious experience. That's what a whirling dervish is. Okay. That's like a, a religious experience in the Middle East where they like play music and they like spin and go crazy. It's almost like moshing. Yeah. And it's wow. like speaking in tongues. They let themselves go nuts and they have this crazy experience. Wow. So I'm like, now I'm seeing the parallels between like these, these rituals and these symbols and how much power they have in our lives to affect everything. Yeah, I mean, and just even three nights ago, I went to the cure with my wife, and me and my wife are both singing along. And look at her; she's getting emo. I'm crying, like singing these songs, with holding hands, singing all these songs, watching Robert Smith like a god on fucking stage. It was beautiful, oh, dude. dude. That's incredible. And it was like that was that's a moment too. Like music's so powerful, man. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, to really share that to... with someone you love and be connected. Yeah, dude. It's it like... was a moment. We was another couple. They were like tripped. They're like, oh my god, they were tripping on me and my wife because we were like. We love the cure, and it was just this moment, like singing these songs together. Yeah, but that's magical to me too. That feeling. Yeah, it overcomes you, and the power of somebody's voice and their lyrics and their music. I, I, I said, I was like, how does Robert Smith have this much power over me to make me feel like this? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I've yeah, every once in a while, an album will come along, and it's just like, oh wow, I'm like, okay, I get it, I feel it. You know, but then there's music that makes us want to fucking smash somebody and oh, go the opposite, dude. and it make it makes us so fucking. Like if I go to a Madball show or something, you want to f really set it off and just yeah, go crazy dude. and get it out. Exactly. And it's like this, <laughs> but it's like it brings it up. Like it can, there's like this, uh, this Acacia strain, you know that band? Dude, yep. Love them. Uh, they, they they have like this live show, like a recording on YouTube I listen to all the time of their album Wormwood. Okay. And the very beginning of the album, it starts and it's like this really dark, evil, like very negative, not positive in any way, <laughs> sort of like movie quote about like killing someone or something and then like the bass and the guitar it's like chun 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 it's like that drop d you know you hear it and the breakdown is coming to start the song you know it it's like the train is chug, 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 coming on the thing and he gets up there and the singer is just like if you have any negativity inside of you right now let it out and then he says it like, let it out, let it out, let it out. And then he's just, this one's called the beast and the breakdown drops. And you're just like, that's so like, that's like a preacher saying that to a, yeah. What a space for you to feel that it like, there's no other place in life 
where you're going to just get to like explode with this negative energy. Use it for something positive. Yeah. Use it. Connect with all these people with the negativity. Hit each other. Feel brotherhood. Like the negativity is like being transformed into something special and, and then pushed out of your body. It's fucking sick. It, it is dude. like it is like a preacher though. Like yeah. let it out or it's yeah, hold hands dude. and dance around and Yeah, I get the chills every time I, I hear that. I never thought about that. Like the it's just like the way we live our lives and our convictions and yeah. what we don't do. How yeah. how powerful that is. Uh, abstination is a religious practice throughout the ages. Mm-hmm. Abstaining, you know, Ramadan, yep. fasting, um, abstaining from sex, abstaining from alcohol, abstain, you know, Lent. Yeah. These things are religious experiences. I mean, you and I are on like a fucking 20 plus year Lent journey, baby. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we I gave up alcohol. For, if I was Catholic, I'd give up alcohol for Lent every year, dude. <laughs> yeah. I love fasting too. I do all that stuff too anyway. Yeah, yeah. Just pushing your body and doing that and just having control mm-hmm. over your body. and Feeling just... it. Feeling where its limits are, what it needs, what it doesn't need. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's so good for you. Fuck, man. <laughs> You're in a good place in your life now? I feel good. You know, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. But I just think one of the things about feeling good is understanding that I will feel bad. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I dip down here and there, but I feel good. I feel like I was... I had dealt with like this really weird, dark depression my whole life, uh, uh, an underlying negativity. I think I'm a naturally positive person, but the positivity was like, you know, when the kid does a science experiment and there's like layers of like honey and then the oil and whatever. <laughs> I always had this thin layer of negative oil over the top of all my positivity, my childlike mm. sense of wonder, my love for the world. Yeah. And um, I've sort of like stirred it in. It's still there, but now it's not like this barrier yeah you know what i mean it's a weird analogy but like that's how i feel so i I feel good i feel good and so you're doing what you love yeah i'm doing what i love um you love new york i love new york i'm thinking about moving here and i I have the resources to do that which is incredible that i can just in a position have a plan and be able to execute it um so yeah, dude, I'm doing great. I'm I feel good. Moved to Cali, that'd be awesome, man. Dude, it would be cool. I I, I want to come down here. I went to Stick to Your Guns rea- uh, reunion oh, yeah. show. I at, saw Josh last night actually. It's yeah, at Chain Reaction, and I was just like, I went and I like Stick to Your Guns. They're old school. I, yeah. I had a good time, but then there were all these like newer Chicano hardcore bands. Like kids coming up in the scene that I didn't know, Des Madres uh, and like Barrio Slam, cool, man. some of these guys. And I was like, oh, this is like the new wave. California's crushing. It's insane right now. Yeah, too. man. And I was like, oh, I kind of want to be a part of this. I kind of want to not even be a part of it because I'm older, I, I, but I want to like watch. I want to be there to like watch these kids make something new and cool. I love it, dude. I love the, all the new bands like Sound and Fury out here in July. Yeah. It's like, uh, 20 different bands I've never seen. I went last year, I saw Scow, Praise. There's all these great bands right now, Dude, man. so many good bands. It makes me so happy how, how hardcore is thriving everywhere. Dude, yeah. And and like there's there's so many good bands like and then people popping off. I mean, Knock Loose did Coachella. I know, and Scowl too. Dude, and Knock Loose is like not a joke heavy. I saw like, footage of it. It's crazy, wildly heavy. Yeah, it's so crazy to see like rich like Coachella kids like kind of doing this weird version of stage diving where I they. Saw it. I, I love. I saw the video and there was like a bunch of kids and they're not st- like in hardcore and you stage dive. You're like fuck my safety and also fuck your safety. Yeah. You you know like i love that like sending it like upside down over the crowd type shit so but these like rich like coachella kids or or whatever like they're there for that but they're they're down they're trying to have fun for not loose but the way they stage drive is they like crawl in like oh excuse me i'm coming in <laughs> it's really yeah. nice i'm like 
<laughs> they get, they know what to do, but they're like being sweet about it. I it's was a like, different that's generation, fun. man. That's fun. Good for them, dude. I know. I, I love seeing that. I love like even as an older person in the band, just seeing like the new generation, like fuck all the gatekeepers and all the old school yeah, people. Like dude. that's not hardcore. That's nobody has a blueprint to that. This type of music. It's all different sounds and shapes yep. and looks. And it's fucking, about a, dude. If it makes me feel yes. like Earth Crisis does, what the fuck are you talking about? Can you still put them on and get that feeling? Yeah. Same. Dude, you put somebody on. Yeah, dude. dude. If, uh, if I'm in the mood and Earth Crisis comes, if Firestorm comes on, dude, oh, it's over, dude. <laughs> I'm like moshing in the grocery store. Um, It's crazy that all those old records can take you back to a place like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, dude. Your life. Yeah. And I love that people are making the new the new sound and the new everything. So many female singers and hardcore bands. Dude, so much shit. so right sick. Now. I remember back in the day, it was like, what female hardcore singers were there? It was like Bloodline Calligraphy. I can't remember. If not, yeah, not there's enough. another one too that, uh, <laughs> anyway, there's so many new bands and so the many Escuela different styles. Grind. Okay. Escuela what, Grind, another okay. like Chicano band, yeah. female singer. They slam dude shout out Escuela Grind so cool there's a band called Buggin there's Gel there's there's so many bands so you still going to shows yeah every once in a while yeah and I I've I'm do the old thing where I'm like I'm just gonna chill I'm gonna watch like when I went to see uh uh, Stick to Your Guns I, I was like uh, on a date and I'm with my friends ah. and I was like, I'm going to chill, stand back and watch. As soon as like, what was it? Barrio slam started playing. They're like this beat down, like tough as hell. Like you felt it. LA walls of Jericho, LA Chicano guys. Oh, walls of Jericho. Yeah. Yes, it's a tough one. As soon as they started playing, they got like through two songs. They had these sick breakdowns. They're like telling people to go nuts. And I was like, the girl I'm on a date with, the girl I'm on a date with looks over and I'm literally stretching. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to get in. I'm going to, I'll be back. <laughs> it's like, I had to go mod. Is she dude. from this world? The hardcore world? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. She knows it. So, but she's not like, here goes my date in into it, into it. Yeah. She was like, well, there he goes. I'm too old too. I, I'm also like, dude, <laughs> this sucks. This sucks to say everyone listening. I'm embarrassed to say it, but there's no way to say it without like you get older. Now I have like man strength. Like when I mosh, people are in trouble. Mm. Like get out of my way or you will die. Yeah. When I was 20, I was strong and I was kicking people and stuff. But there's like a different feeling now. Like when I've moshed now, I can feel you can like. feel your strength too. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. put, I can put people away. Yeah. And also I've been spin kicking and throwing back punches for like 20 years now. I, I've like got the technique. But also you're an adult. You're not trying to hurt anybody. Exactly. Hurt so I want to mosh hard, but you I'm like, I got to watch where I'm control at. control yourself. Yeah. And I'm definitely not crowd killing or anything like that anymore. I'm done with that kind of yeah. stuff. I'm not running into the crowd, like hitting people and stuff. Maybe if I saw like Jesus peace or knock loose and it was all old heads and like, or you see like um, tsunami, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, okay, everyone here gets it. I'm going to sleep someone. Yeah. Some of the pits are crazy these days too, man. Dude. Some of the footage I've been seeing of the young kids, like, yeah, dude, the hate five, six guy, he's love him. He kills it, man. He kills it. Incredible videos. All man. of it. And you see some shows where you're like, yeah, baby, let's go boys. It's really, yeah, dude. And then there's girls moshing going crazy. I remember in Salt Lake in Vegas, there we would have girls in the scene that would mosh and it was like a big deal like people would come from out of town and be like oh shit you got girls in here and we're like our girls wreck house i remember seeing that actually and they would only crowd kill they would not hang out in the pit they would two-step and then the breakdown would come and then you had to watch out because like britney (laughs) was coming for you dude she would just come 
straight into the crowd, just full as hard as she right and left crosses, just into everybody, and then spin kick some guy in the dick and escape into the night. Dude. I do remember you having girls, a lot of girls. Yeah, yeah dude, they going off. rocked house, dude. Fuck. They would knock your and then you know, you just have to shake hands. Fair play, baby. Um, do you have any uh, major regrets in your life? <sighs> you know what? I don't have. I, I I used to be like no regrets. Now I think that's maybe a little naive. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know that I have regrets necessarily as much as I have things where I'm like, that could have gone better and that person deserved better for me. And I am acutely aware of that and I'm not going to let it go. Yeah. I think it serves me maybe not to have a regret, but to keep that little negative nugget right there. It's negative, but like, hey, this is a lesson. Yeah. You fucked up. Yeah. I have, I don't have a lot of those from like when I was real wild, but I have a few like, I, I should have handled my divorce better. Mm. You know, I left, I, I didn't like talk it out enough. I didn't communicate well. I should have handled, there's a woman um, during, right before the pandemic when I was like depressing going through therapy for the first time. And I kind of like broke up with her out of nowhere and this weird, like you deserve better. I got to do this. And like, Fix she, myself was, and all she was incredible. Like she was so cool. And like, I'm like, she deserves so much better and I, to my credit, I was a man, and I went to her house to break up with her, which is also you something didn't text her. old yeah. Shane would have texted, you okay. know, or whatever, you know, not a maybe. Oh no, that's cowardice. I would say it is, you know, unless. So you went to the house, and so I went to the house. I sat her down. Wow. I cried. I broke up with her, but like she deserved so much better. The two weeks before it, I wasn't communicating. It, a lot of it is just me not communicating yeah. and assuming things about the situation that are, you know. I could have, uh, you know, when I was young, I probably could have been more kind to my mom. She was going through it too. She struggled with addiction. But it's not like you stayed with her too. Like I you, did stick with it. Yeah, man. Yeah, her and I are good now. You know, yeah. I love my mom, and we're we're she's we're in a good place too. Yeah, yeah, she's in a good place, dude. And so did she remarry? Like she, no. Okay. No, no. She's rocking it. Same with my dude. mom too. She never got married after. I feel so dude. bad. Like my dad was her first true love who passed, and then every other guy wasn't good enough for us, and then. She's been by herself for years, and it, it makes me sad sometimes too, man. Yeah, my mom hunts ghosts. You know Whoa. how lonely you gotta be to be like, what's what are dead people up to? She hunts ghosts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my mom hunts ghosts. As long as she's having fun, wow. No, she's sick. She loves. She she has passions. She's up to her stuff. And she she's, finds ghosts. Yeah, dude, it's gnarly. Ghosts Have you seen are real. Turns her? out, yeah. Turns out they're real. It yeah. turns out they're I believe. Well, I believe it. I believe it. Complete skeptic. Uh huh. It's so like a couple years ago, my mom takes me ghost hunting, shows me evidence. I'm like, oh shit, ghosts are real. Wow. Yeah, dude. Turns out. <laughs> can you can you see, see see yourself ever settling down, getting married, having kids? Yeah. Do you maybe, want that? Maybe not kids. I don't know, I'm so old. You're already 30s, man. You're fucking 36. I know, but does I? Well, maybe not. Maybe I just feel like 36 is like. I don't know. How old is your son? Twenty. I had him at thirty-three. Oh shit! See, you're you're putting me on the spot now. Maybe <laughs> I should have it. Never say never. You never know. It's true. It's true. I think that I'd be a good dad. I'm open to inheriting kids. Mm, I dated a woman nice. with kids, and I'm not afraid of being a father. I think I could be a good father. I think so too. Um, I would try really hard. I think I would put effort into it. But um, I think that there's a part of me that's still poor. I'm. So, I feel so poor. Like I don't have money. Like the money won't stay. So if I have kids, what if I'm poor and they're hungry? What if I like, I want them to have a life. I don't want them to be poor. Mm. So that's a tough thing that I, I have to handle. I think I also have to meet the woman who's like, totally. oh, I want a parent with you. Yeah. Because I had a thing where someone was like, cause I'm a godparent. 
And I was so open to it. And I was like, why does this feel right? And I was like, oh, because I'm open to having a kid with just me. Mm. If I'm the parent, to co-parent is scary. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, okay. So that's a subconscious thing that's going on too. So who knows? But I'm, I love love. After yeah. falling in love, I was like, oh, this rocks. Are you hopeless romantic? Hopeless. Dude, I, I way into history. I like hunt down love letters from history. I like I have like civil war love letters from people to their sweethearts and wow, like man. dude, people sexting each other in civil war. What? It's crazy. Yeah, they used to do that. How? People don't know. So writing letters is a big deal. People would write to each other every day. Multiple times sometimes. Like th- three letters a day to your girl. Just like you think of something in the morning, you write her a bunch, you, you mail the letter, or oh. you, you you seal the letter. Then you in the afternoon you're thinking about her, and then you write her some more. And you send all these. So they would write each other constantly. Damn. Like there was a lot of communication going on. We don't realize. And That's like, amazing. So I love love letters from history, like famous people, but also just regular people. But yeah, I have I have like letters from soldiers in the Civil War being like, describe your breasts to me. What? And like they're literally sexting like, like I can't wait to like, you take it all down. You're the only girl who's ever been able to throw it like crazy. Wow. Like they're filthy, dude. They're just like us. That is fucking crazy. Not prudes at all, dude. They're talking about like girls being like, I'm not going to shower for, th- or I'm not going to bathe for three days before i see you so you can you can get the full essence of my being what years are these from do you like the 1800s holy shit i gotta tell my wife about that. that's fucking yeah amazing. dude dudes are they nasty going for it so you dude. read a lot oh dude yeah i love to read i've always read been reading your whole life yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah and you love history too did you care about history in school though yeah okay you cared Obsessed. about it okay yeah dude, so dude i high, love in school, history. you liked it yeah dude Damn, man. I feel, I feel like you do a lot of things, man. You got a lot of knowledge, too. Dude, yeah. I'm, I'm like a... But it, a lot of it is, like, weird. You know, like, <laughs> a lot of people are like, I don't think anyone needs a guy who can make a Dungeons & Dragons character without reading the book. Like, I know all the rules just by heart, you know? It's like, oh, that doesn't really do anything for me. Um, So you see yourself as a comedian for a long time? This is your, this is what you want? Um, I do see myself as a comedian for a long time, but I... Now in my career... I am very open to whatever's next acting or acting or writing. like even anything else. Like, dude, I mean, <clears throat> if, if someone was like, Hey, I'm a shaper, a surfboard shaper. And, and like, I, I'm sponsoring this guy who's in the WSL. I think we could blow up. Do you want to invest? Mm. I could see myself doing much less doing comedy only on my terms, not touring for money, but, but doing comedy when I want to nice. instead of when I need to and doing other ventures. Yeah. I could see myself like, you know, doing other stuff. So I'm definitely not married to comedy. Yeah. Com- I will you have only- a lot of passions. I have a lot of passions. And for me, comedy is about, I could be funny with my friends. Totally. I can have a good time. I can put uh, fun into the world. Uh, I don't need to do like comedy in a club. Yeah. Like it wouldn't kill me if it was gone because for me, comedy isn't just stand up. But it's all you do right now as far as what, su- what supports you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was the majority of what I do. I mean, I do like small things here and there, like work on a game with someone. And yeah, they yeah, 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 yeah. But like, yeah, it's the I'm, that's the thing. I'm you could do it. Eric Sandin, the drummer from um, No Effects has a shaping brand called Pickle Sticks. No way. It's doing really good. He does all surfboards, like custom shaping. He lives in, oh, that's sick. In Orange County, too, yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool person to link yeah, up Yeah, I know. I might learn how to shape at some point. I so think we'll you thrive see. out here, man. I think I would, too. I'm excited. I'm excited about the po- the possibilities, so. Just surfing, living, doing comedy, skating. Yeah. The vibes out here are cool. I no think winter. I, yeah, no winter. I'm tired. I did all those winters in Salt Lake, and now in New York, it's. I didn't realize how cold it was in New York, dude. dude. 
it's not a game out there. I could see you. I'd be cool to hang with you. I'd skate with you and stuff. And oh, I'd be like, sick. Yeah. yeah, dude. You join the fucking plunge crew with us. Yeah, dude. Let's paddle out. Do you run sometime. too? Yeah. Running. I started running. Yeah, I love running, man. Dude, it's my new thing, man. I ran an ultra during the the uh, pandemic. First one? First one. Wow. I just set my mind to it. I was like, well, I can't go to the gym. And I've always loved running because I like to daydream or listen to books. Mm. For me, running is like I listen to new music. And I kind of like my brain goes away and I just daydream about whatever. And like uh, then I was like, oh, I should like run like a race. So then I started trying to get fast. And that was really fun. How quick were your miles? Do you remember your miles? Like, um, I've done a couple sub six miles. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I I did uh I did my like a five k in like uh seventeen something. Wow. Just man. fast for really a big fat. boy. I'm yeah. a big guy too. I was like yeah. a Clydesdale, like two hundred pounds. <laughs> Fuck. That one is like puking. That one is like everything you got. Like, let's go. We're never doing this again. Type. So for the listeners, what's the ultra? An ultra. So I did thirty seven miles, which wow. is the baby, the baby, baby ultra. Still a lot, dude. So not a real race. I went out to the track. I measured it out, figured out what I was going to do, made a strategy, trained for a long time. I even like hit up like some famous runners. You know, like Rich, you know Rich Roll is? Rich Roll? No. Okay. He's an Ultraman runner, sober guy. Oh, nice. Huge podcast. We did a million Ironmans. Dude. He's a good listen to, a good pod listen to, yeah. David Goggins hit that yeah. guy up. He's fucking, you hit him up? Yeah. So Did he hit you back? I was like, I'm going to run an ultra marathon. Uh, I've never dude. done one, whatever. Do you have any like advice? And, and I basically spelled it out. I was like, when I first started running, I was really bad. And then I learned some technique and it helped me out, whatever. And he's like, ultras aren't about technique. Just do it or don't. He's hard as fuck. Dude, I was like, he wrote you back. Fuck, so dude. Sick. Yeah, on Instagram, just one DM. His interviews are gnarly, dude. Yeah, dude. So then it was on. Okay. I just trained. I trained. I ran a couple marathons. You run a marathon, you're like sore for four, fucking five days or whatever. A couple marathons you did? Yeah, leading up to it. Because I was just bored. I was just running and playing games, fuck. dude. There's a track by my house. Okay. And so the police weren't kicking people out of that track. So I was just running, running around that thing, listening to music, dude. Do you have to wear a mask when you're running back then or no? You, you were supposed to, but I, yeah, I like yeah, wore it yeah, under yeah. my chin because like, what the fuck ever. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. So I did have to wear it, but so did the ultra, packed up some like food and snacks, got my like diet soda, my water. Dude, got to have a little bubbly. Solo? Got to have a little bubbly. Yep. I had a friend come check up on me at the halfway in case I needed anything. That is and amazing. there's a bathroom in the track. So I was like, oh, I can shit. Because you're going to run the shit out oh, of you. Dude, hell yeah. No yeah. pun intended. Literally, yeah. So, and I did it. I just went on the track. I got my Nike running app. I hit it. And I said, today's the day. And I just did not stop running. It took me a long ass. I was, I was not competitive in any way, shape, or form. But yeah. I did it. Fucking awesome, I didn't man. walk. I, I just crushed it out. It's just like the last like fucking 12 miles. Just like this weak ass trot. But So what? You fucking did it, bro. Yeah, dude. You put your mind good. to it. And I was just like, all right, that's it. Now no, from now I just run five miles. Yeah. I just do a fiver. It's a little 30-something minutes. I did it the other day by myself. I don't like running so much, but I love how I feel that natural, that runner's high. Yeah. I did 10 miles two weeks ago, first time ever. Ooh. Yeah. And so like now- That's a milestone. Yeah, I'm really getting into it now. I'm 53. I just started doing it. I kind of- I kind of. I love it. I love and hate it. Dude. I love how I feel. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I really like the- uh, what I started to get into was like getting interested in how the particulars of the run would make me feel. So I'd listen to like some wild music to start, like incendiary or like some, <laughs> you don't have to be blood to be family, like something to like really pump me up. Yeah. And I would take a fast pace, fuck myself up, 
Damn. Then for like, so let's say I'm doing 10 miles, I crush out two miles. We're talking like, you know, seven minute miles or something. Good. And then after that, I slow down, but I keep up the pace. But because I went fast, now I'm I'm like, I'm feeling it, but I'm keeping the pace. Yeah. So I'm going slower, but like it's miserable. And then I I stay in that misery. And I'm just listening to like Acacia Strain, Kubla Khan. (laughs) You know, I'm just like, oh, I'm having like an aggressive thing. And then that last two miles... It's like everything you got, Shane. Everything. And like they, I, it's so funny because David Goggins is a guy that appears in my yeah. brain to be like, go, go. You like this, no yeah. excuses. And then I'll just crush that last two as fast as I can. You know when you just like fall on the ground after a hard workout? Like, dude, dude I love that feeling. Yeah. So every once in a while, I'll just get one of those in where it's like, I'm going to be, I want misery just for push like yourself an to hour. Turn off. Yeah, dude. I don't think Goggins runs with even music, does he? Nope. That's another thing like... To get to a level where you're running and just listening to nature and like um, no phone, no, I don't know if I can do that. I'm yet, weak, man. dude. I, 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 me too. I will say too that that's not what running is for me. Running is for me like an experience. Like the music is a big part. Of Same, it. a big part of it. And as we're older, we we have stuff going on. You have a family. Yep. I, I've like we're working all the time. Yeah, you don't have a lot of time to like sit and listen to a new album or anything. You get in the car and you're like, well, I want to listen to what I want to listen to. Yeah. So with running, I had the opportunity a lot of the time, especially when you're doing a light run, like a jog for five miles or 10 miles, you're like, well, let's see what this new album's about. Yeah. People are saying, so who are these knock loose guys? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, damn. And so I started, then running became discovering more music. It's cool. Which is sick. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm getting deeper into music again. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I love that. So you're definitely checking out new bands and doing all that stuff. All it's the awesome. time. Yeah. yeah, dude. Fuck, man. What about some daily rituals for you? Daily rituals? Um, I know you meditate. Yeah, yeah. I you meditate. a coffee guy? I'm not a coffee guy. Diet soda. What I, kind? I drink an incredible. My wife does too. What kind? What kind you want? So I uh, diet coke and diet Mountain Dew. What? Moon, get in here right now, dude. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Nope, dude. I got her a, for our 10 anniversary. I got her a big gold sterling silver 10 diamonds. Diet coke and diet and diet Mountain Dew is his favorite fucking yeah, pop. Yeah, yeah. And she calls it pop too. That's dude, a- I used to drink uh, seven big gulps a day. Oh my God. Moon, can we get on the mic? <laughs> That's a big gold cup for a 10 anniversary. No way. Mama, talk in the mic. The mic. <laughs> That's so sick. My first diamonds I ever got was in this big gulp and I would go to 7-Eleven to the dudes I know and I'd be like, look, look. And when I show them, they look at me like, lady, oh, get out of here. So sick. Yeah, That's I love so it. so funny. And I work at a skate park that gets, the barracks. gets pallets of Mountain Dew, right? For, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would have a Diet Coke in the morning and then get a Diet Dr. Pe- uh, Diet Mountain Dew. And a couple of the guys are like, what is that stuff you're drinking in there? Like, do <laughs> drink Mountain Dew? I'm like, oh, no, it's Diet Mountain Dew. Doesn't count. So much better. Yeah. We're back on here. This guy's he's so a crazy funny. surfer like you, Max. We'll talk about it after. Oh, sick, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so Diet Mountain Dew, Diet Coke, that's your thing. No coffee. Yeah, yeah. So I drink and listen, this isn't a bad, bad big gulps a day, dude. Yeah, yeah. Li- the listeners are going to be like, no, what are you talking about? I'm not joking. I drink like two 12-packs a day usually. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not okay. including like when I go out to eat and stuff too. Okay. Like I drank, I drank like seven on the way here from Huntington. Seven on the way here? Yeah. <laughs> do you live in Huntington? No, 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 no. My friends do. I You might be moving there. here soon, Max. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah. Come on the mic, baby. <laughs> still drink it now oh yeah i have a 12 pack in the car awesome (laughs) so my wife quit for like nine months i'll show the picture later it was the back of her um her car filled with big gulp 
nice. containers all in the whole fucking car. That's that's her life, man. I, and I have she doesn't do anything yeah. else. Like that's her thing. So I really can. It was hard. Me, and my son, try to get her off it. We tried. It didn't really work. But oh then, sure, he's offering her a pop right now. In the yeah, um, let's go. Okay, you guys are interrupting my podcast now. <laughs> Max, he has, he has such a crazy story. I can't wait to hear this. Hang out. Oh wait, it's growing up crazy. Can dude. I use the restroom real quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. Do we'll that. pause we'll right now. Pause. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, I, I, Shane was just talking about our oven that it's a Jewish oven, and I'm recording now. I didn't realize okay. that either. And I have a lot of Jewish friends who've been here and never even told me, tall Mike, that we had an old school Jewish oven. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. You got to cook because to be, um, I almost said haram, which is the same thing. It doesn't matter. To be kosher, you can't cook um, milk or dairy products in with meat. Okay. And so they can't even be cooked in the same oven. So that's why it's like double. So you have your, that's the dairy one. And then that's the meat one. Luckily, there's none of that in this house. No, dude. Well, a lot of uh, Jewish people, like they end up just being vegetarian yeah, or yeah, vegan because yeah. it's easier. Lacto- it's like, oh, I just get to, I'll just be this and then I don't have to worry about it. So we, just, we stopped the park for a second. We had to take pisses. My wife gave you some Mountain Dew. Yeah. My son came and punished you about surfing. But now you bonded to my family with Diet Coke. I know, dude. Diet soda and surfing. Do you have any diet tattoos now? No, 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 dude. Here's the thing. I did a joke that like went viral. like had like 37 million views or something on Facebook. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was about Mountain Dew. And Mountain Dew didn't give me free Mountain Dew. So I was like, yo, I love you guys, but I'm not going to get a tattoo even though it would be funny because you got to hook it up first. 37 million views and they didn't give me... No, no. Did they contact you at all? No, dude. My friend did a joke about an Apple watch. It got like 100,000 views and Apple sent him a watch. Wow. I was like, damn. And then there was the Mountain Dew Mafia we talked about earlier. It was another crew. Yeah. It's kind of a hard name too. It really is. That's a tough one, dude. <laughs> Were you around... Were you, are you too young for Joke Cola? Remember Jolt? Jolt? No, I remember Jolt. It got discontinued. They tried to bring it back like this year as like a nostalgia thing. Really? Yeah, with the amount of caffeine it used to have. Yeah, a lot of skaters used to drink that. Dude, it's like I'm a soda guy. I drink soda constantly. I think caffeine has no effect on me. Jolt will get me. I feel like co- I feel like a yerba mate or like a soda is good for me, but I think a coffee makes me jittery and fucking... Yeah. Were you ever like caffeine's not straight edge? You ever thought like that? No. Yeah, me either, man. I'm, I've been, I, I'm even like with straight edge. I've always been like, it's not about, it's just it's about recreation. It's not about like, because there were straight edge guys who were like, I'm doing, I'm going raw on a root canal. Fuck. That, that. was Salt Lake, dude. That's hard. That's that, hard. That's, respect. Yeah, dude. That's I like, I broke my arm. Don't give me the anesthetic. Wow. Like that's where they're at. They were. That's not how it is anymore. But like wow. I was always, even then with all those guys like in my face, I was always like, that's stupid. Straight edge is about it is about uh barrier or it's about boundaries. Yes. And like you need to s- decide where you set the boundary, but the tenants of straight edge, that boundary is like very clear. Mm-hmm. It's recreational drugs, smoking and drinking. Yeah. And like what is recreational maybe up for a little bit of debate here or there. Yeah. But if, if you have cancer and, and you're a uh, prescribed edible weed so that you don't become emaciated and you're not in pain constantly, I don't think you're not straight edge, man. Same. I don't, I, that's not Same. what it's, a, straight edge isn't about, it isn't necessarily about like 
um, d- needless human suffering. Yeah, totally. You know, like, come on, and, boys. And veganism, too. Like, almost all yeah. the things they use at the dentist has been tested on animals they put in your mouth to numb you or whatever they use. Yeah, like, yeah. It's impossible to be perfect. It's about doing the best you can to reduce harm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and harm reduction is the name of the game, not perfection, not not like some weird ideal you have. It's about reducing harm. Were you ever like only hanging out with straight age people? That's it. No, never. Same. I think just same. I've always been a guy who's just like going in between a lot of different groups. Yeah. Even when I was like gnarly and I was like patched up doing gnarly shit with hardcore kids, doing gnarly shit. I still had my Dungeons and Dragons group I'd hang out with. So sick. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I still had my Warhammer guys I was playing Warhammer with. I still was doing goofy. Like My skater friends were separate, you okay. know? So like it was cool. It didn't really matter like if people were partying or anything like that. With you. No, I never. But dude, I, I've never been bothered by any of that i think it's because i grew up around mormons so i was like oh well they're doing their thing around me yeah and uh it's so like whatever who cares like why would i judge them and so then when and they wouldn't judge me for being a weirdo yeah so then i got i became a weird you know then someone who drinks is weird to me well i'm not gonna judge them yeah that's their shit yeah i also think uh being a sober example is more important than being a sober judge i love that yeah. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I was never like that. I'm the only straight edge guy in my band. I was never preachy about it. Maybe two songs about it, but it wasn't like, fuck you if you do this or don't do that. I was never that. But I also respect people who took that position and that passion. Like, there's all different kinds of extreme vegans and some that aren't, some that straight edge people. They all have a different way they express it yeah. or promote it or live it. I admit, I love a good straight edge, like, beat down. <laughs> like, fuck you if you're not a straight edge. This is our family. We'll kill you. Like, that is fun to listen to. Yeah. I, I, I need forever to exist as a song yeah you know what i mean like yeah so i do i it has its time and its place Mm. but so are you um optimist or pessimist i'm an optimist for sure you seem like it i think i'm a i'm an optimist uh, but i'm a realist too a lot of people say that on here yeah i think that i'm i just think it's stoicism i just think it's like uh things are hard things don't always work out you could do everything right and fail life can be tragic and that's that's why it's beautiful, and uh, you just gotta like take it as it comes. Yeah, you know. But I try to be positive. I think that there's just there's always something to laugh at. There's yeah. always something to have fun with. And you're making people laugh. That's what you're doing now. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. What about your stepdad? Did you ever make amends with him or ever see him again? No. Wow. No. I, not only did I not make amends with him, I got I got older. I got bigger, and it yes, was you did. It was over for him. Mm. Yeah, me and dude, my brothers are bigger than me. Wow, dude, we we're all. My mom's got them Scandinavian jeans in her, dude. Uh-huh. The, my brothers are built for pillaging. Fuck, dude. So he stopped even like yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, yeah. We beat him. We gave it back as oh, soon wow. as I was okay, old okay. enough, dude. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so like quick. As soon as that happened, it was done with that. Oh, shit. it was yeah. over. Yeah, but that was years of build up too. There was years of build up. And there's also a respect thing where like, oh, we're we're grown men now. There was like this weird moment once, like we had beat him up. Like I'd beat it. I remember uh, this is fine. I'm How doing, old are you? Uh, when you beat oh, him up, twenty. You basically defend yourself, or you just beat him up. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't seen him. Ah. I hadn't seen him for like three years. Okay. I just showed up one day now you're and grown was, up. Now I'm a like, grown man, and I was like, "What the fuck is up, dude?" And like, yeah, the army gave me they gave me food. I'm big now. Like, wow. Yeah, dude. It was so. And he's probably like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I he wouldn't know I was there. I hit him in the side of the face. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's how you win a fight, buddy. Wow. <laughs> I'm doing stand up about it now. Actually, talking about, about it. Yeah, I do a joke about how uh, people are say living well is the best 
best revenge, but re- regular revenge is pretty good too. <laughs> so we knew we obviously knew you guys. Wow. Yeah, dude. yeah. But then like you know, there's like that visceral like I don't know toxic man shit where you're like I'm gonna beat him up. I hate him or whatever. And then like he's not going anywhere. And then you know I was like not nice to him. But, like, tolerated him to a certain extent, and he was around. We did have, like, one very specific moment where I was in town, and I was driving through my small town, and I went to stop to see my mom. My mom came to Subway, and he, like, drove her there. And, like, it was, like, this little gas station has a subway in it, and we're all sitting in the booth, and he was, like, uh, he was like, uh, you're, like, a man now, and I'm, like, I'm proud of you. And I, it, like, meant something. I, I was wow. almost annoyed that it meant something to yeah. me. And it's a very distinct it. memory I have of it. I actually think that's the last time I ever saw him. He's dead now. Oh, okay. He passed away. Um, my mom divorced him, and then he stayed in that town. I just never saw him, and he passed away. Oh, wow, okay. But, like, yeah, he was like, uh, yeah, weirdly enough, I think that is the last time I saw him. And I was, like, annoyed that I, it meant something to me. Yeah. But he, he was, he, despite all of his flaws, I'm man enough to admit Despite him being an awful person, having so many bad things, being this negative force, there were also a lot of there was good in there. There's good in all people. Yeah. And he did set like certain examples for like, dude, I mean, this is a weird dichotomy. So he was into dog fighting. That was a part of what they were up to wow. out there for they would bet on it and make Jesus. money. And it's fucked up. So it's fun. not. I mean, just to make any animal hurt another animal sucks. Like, it's not like bull riding or whatever. Like, you just throw a cotton thing on him. It's not hurting him. And he loves... Have you ever watched a bull? Yeah. After they go, you come off of him, and the bull's just like, all right, what's up? And then he chills out and goes into his pen. You could be standing in there with him. He's vibing. Mm-hmm. Those bulls are, like, treated so well nowadays. Like, it's different from how it was. Okay. So they're like animals that are, like, kind of like... um. I don't even know how to explain. Like, if you take your dog at the dog park and he's zooming, like, he loves that shit. Yeah. So if you, like, it's like people who train their dogs to do little obstacle courses. The yeah. dog loves it. it, it he's, yeah. he's getting it. So that's the bull is, to a certain extent, you can make the argument that, like, that's his shit. He's aggressive. Bulls kill. That's what they're about. And these bulls, they do it. And then they're like, oh, okay, cool. Good job, everybody. And then he just vibes out and goes back in. He, he's not on a rampage. Yeah, 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 yeah. But dogs are like... That's not, you can't do that, man. It's gnarly, man. It's gnarly. So he did that, but then he had this weird dichotomy also where he was like, well, these dogs fight, and you have to treat them really well and train them and whatever, and then, but you don't treat animals badly unnecessarily. Like, in his mind, training them to fight was necessary because that's what they did. They, They were a tool for a purpose, but he was also like, you don't treat animals bad. Like, he very specifically, like, he took us how to hunt. And he was like, you know, uh, because hunting is a big thing where I'm from. You need that meat for the winter. Mm-hmm. And like he was like, you got to treat the animal good. You got to respect it. You're killing it. All animals die in nature by a predator. And you're the predator today. And you need to acknowledge that. Like, don't hurt. Like, there was a kid that like hurt a cat once. And he was like, you got to fucking stomp that kid out. Like, you, he doesn't do that. Mm. I remember wow. once we were driving down the street and a guy was like hitting his dog in like the driveway like he had him by the leash and he like pulled him and he smacked him my dad got out of the car and just laid him out he's like what are you fucking smacking that dog for but like he also fought dogs yeah do you know what i mean like and that's like that is life it's so messy and complicated and gray but i i do remember weird things like that where i was like well you're a bad guy and dog fighting is evil it's made me wildly uncomfortable i never some of my worst memories that haunt me for the rest of my life are about that kind of stuff. Mm. But like he also instilled this like animal rights thing 
that then Straight Edge was like, hey, you into this? Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's great. Yeah. So you become a vegetarian or whatever, vegan too. Like after yeah. learning how to hunt animals and seeing the way you treated dogs and mm-hmm. all that, just like. Yeah. I support conservatism, conservationism, not conservatism, <laughs> conservationism. <laughs> Someone's going to clip that and everyone's going to be no. like, whoa, we got him. We got him. Take it out, Joe. I know, oh, dude. I have a mustache. People are like this guy. But anyway, I, uh, so like I um I support support conservationism. I support like native people hunting. I think there's a time and a place and a culture where animals and people exist in a way that they're not exploiting each other mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate that like you know they die. I don't I, I don't like needless suffering, but I also think I understand what's going on and I don't think it's my place to stop them from doing that. Mm-hmm. Um so like but also factory farming is evil totally. and like our society, I think it's moved past the need to use animals for testing or all this other stuff. So I come from a world where like hunting and riding animals and rodeo and all this stuff is normal. And I feel like uh, in my life, I've been kind of a person who wants to bridge the gap between the hardcore vegans and like guys who rodeo and are like, you got to eat the steak you know, like it's protein. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because I think that there's like concessions to be made. Like if you reach those people and you were like, dude, like you're a farmer. Factory farms put you out of business. They fuck you. They destroy your land. They make it so you have to grow alfalfa every year instead of rotating your crops so your soil's healthy. Mm. Like go look at they're not treating these animals right. Like you have dairy cows on your property that you use for your family. You love them. You take care of them. They have names like then look at how they treat their dairy cows over here. Like if we could reach them that way mm. and and not shame them but come to them where they are, I think we can make a bigger difference. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Farming is fucking. Gnarly. It's crazy. It still happens. It's so barbaric and just the way everything. Dude, it's and what it does it does to the environment. Just everything about it. But I think people are more aware of that now, like the connections yeah, of that. Yeah, and we're doing better us. than ever in terms of like, you know, uh, options. Plant based everything. Bro. Vegetarians crazy. and vegans. Yeah, everywhere you go is an option. It's incredible, man. I love it. I feel like people, especially coming out of the pandemic, I think people are more conscious about what they put in their bodies and their health and all that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people got scared. A lot of shit happened during that time. Yeah, a lot of people got scared about a lot of things. Yeah. It's a crazy time, man. Dude, it really was. Especially in New York where you were. It was fucking gnarly, man. It was nuts. New York, it hit the hardest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had like a truck outside full of bodies. Really? Yeah, no joke. Wow. They had like a freezer truck. By your house, where you were? By my house, because I lived near the hospital. I lived Holy near Sinai, shit, yeah, man. in Astoria. Yeah, dude, and it was like, why? It was just like crazy. Like they're getting overwhelmed, you know. Did was, that change anything? Your perspective on, on life and coming out of the pandemic or anything? No, no. I, I think I'd been through too much. The pandemic was like baby shit to me. Mm. Yeah, I was just like, and I love, dude. I'm a nerd. I love to be alone. Yeah, I think I made the best of it, and I'm so, 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 so privileged to have been in a position where I wasn't afraid for my family or anything financially. It's nice. So I just kind of was like, you know what? This is what's happening. I'm not going to fight it. You know what I did? I made a big mistake breaking up right before the pandemic. I'll tell you that. A little lonely. Yeah. But I made the best of it, man. I played a lot of board games. I read a crazy amount of books. I played video games. I ran. Yeah. So I really like felt like, and I also was in therapy during it. And I was, Perfect, I had been like backsliding, you know, because I was unlocking all his horrible memories and dealing with them. So I kind of used the pandemic to sort of like be with me. 
it's nice man yeah 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 just being your own thoughts and just be it's yeah it's probably hard too at times yeah yeah yeah. at times for sure <laughs> dude did you never ever once want to try try anything your whole life try like drugs or yeah anything? yeah nothing ever no i just don't care it doesn't interest me yeah i think that you can and i've had like psychedelic experiences from music yeah. from dude having sex with someone you're in love with sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> that's another level yeah. like i I would rather chase those. Yeah, those highs. You yeah. know, like running, surfing, there's all kind of all highs, these yeah. crazy feelings. Like I want to be present for them. I don't know. I just it, it's never done anything. Yeah, and your brother's a straight edge too. You said yep. right? yeah, yeah, dude. It's amazing, man. Yeah, it's amazing to like everything you've been to, like to face it, uh, just straight on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just completely sober, just facing all of it. Yeah. And going through it. It would be so, yeah. I can't imagine where I'd be if I drank, dude. I'd be a monster. You'd be, fu- yeah, I'd be, sc- all this shit you've done, magic, yeah, man. You ever think about that? Like, how would you, you think, yeah, dude. If I tried, or anything, coke or any of that stuff. Because yeah. I see my friends on cocaine, it's fucking scary, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. And they're already scary people, that's it is. So you just add that to it, you know yeah. what I mean? We have a lot of friends that don't really need that shit, but when they're on it, it's like, grinding their teeth just i've seen all my i've seen a lot of people die from it it's just been around me man my whole life yeah i've seen so many bad things with drugs so thank you thank you straight edge for that and that's that fucking whole world we came from man dude yeah it's so important yeah I, you think like the probably only straight edge tattooed fucking comedian man <laughs> it might be safe to say I, I, yeah no i think i might be there's a lot of sober comics though yeah comedy not and show edge. business is so full of drugs that so many comics end up being sober or in AA. Mm. I've made a couple of really good friends, just guys in AA. Okay. And I've, I've gone and talked. That's I, awesome. I've like had them like, oh, you're a comedian. Would you like to come talk about sobriety and stuff? And I've gotten to do that. And that's been like really cool. Like, yeah, I've been sober my whole life. I'm not like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I got sober. Mm-hmm. I was drinking and smoking and shit when I was like a child. Oh, yeah, before that. Yeah, Yeah, because right. I became straight edge when I was 14. Oh, that's right. So you were drinking before that. Dude, me and my friends robbed like a gas station on the highway. Like, well, like burglarized. We didn't okay, rob yeah. them. Like, Rob insinuates the guy was there. There was no one there, but we were like children. Like 15, like me and my brothers, and then uh, like two of our friends who were like 15. And we... And they were older than us. We were all like, dude, I might have, I might have been 11. I think I was 11 years old. Fuck, man. And so we're like, because when it's a small town, all these ages hang out. Yeah, There's yeah, not yeah. enough people, you know? So we're hanging out and my brother, uh, he was friends with these older kids. Anyway, we have a truck. We drive up there. It's at night. We're just like goofing off, like just driving us into music. That's what you do. And the, the gas station is closed. It's usually open 24 hours and it's on this dark abandoned highway, basically, that has hardly any traffic. We go and we pull up and we're like, what's up with this? And we're looking around and we realize like we can get in through the door. And so we like rip the door open and we get in there and like in the room before you get into the the thing, there was like a pallet of cigarettes wow. and like energy drinks and shit. <laughs> and we were like, this is ours. This is ours. This is too good to be true. So we stole all of it and we threw it in the truck and we drove home and we stashed it in like different places around town. Like through our little hangouts or little like tree forts and like whatever shit. <laughs> and dude, we had infinite cigarettes. I was smoking like a pack a day. Wow. For real, like a pack living. a day as a kid, dude. And I chewed too. Chew I would, tobacco. Yeah, yeah. When I, I would chew when I would like play baseball and stuff. And like God. adults knew. I'd be like 14 chewing and like adults would be like, yeah, it's fine. So then smoking, drinking, you did a bunch of shit. Before oh, dude. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You do heavy drugs too before you? Um, I'd like try. I'd, so I grew up around a lot of meth 
And I had like tried meth, and it was like I think I was too young or something. I was just like, eh. Didn't get, like, it whatever. didn't like get its hooks in me. I was like, whatever. I don't care about this. I smoked weed once, and I was like, this is stupid. This sucks. And, and like, I don't like. I'm like a high energy guy. You like, t- yeah. yeah, I want to like go do stuff. Like, you know. And so, smoking weed was like in what I sit now. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. blows. And so, <laughs> um, it, but I like to drink. And I wouldn't drink just to like have a beer. I hated the taste. Black out or something. I would drink to let's fuck shit up, dude. Let's Damn. go nuts. And so, yeah, dude. I like drove drunk a bunch before as a child. Before you're 14. Yeah, <laughs> dude. dude. So getting sober at 14. That's so crazy. But I found straight edge. Yeah. I man. found straight edge through like hate breed and stuff. So cool. And then man. in like, you know, Jamie Josta's lyrics like push you into all these other places. And I was just like, and it's, my stepdad sells meth and my mom's an alcoholic and it's destroying her life. And she clearly doesn't want to be like, and I'm like, no, it was kind of counterculture to be straight edge. Mm. I was like, fuck all of you. I'm straight edge. I'd never met a straight edge guy. That's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, dude. And you found out that through Hatebreed was it straight edge Hatebreed was the first hardcore band that yeah. kind of led me into like oh what's Earth Crisis there you go oh hey who's Henry Rollins what's he about oh he has a book mm. oh his interviews this guy's tough as fuck Sick. but he's like a poet and he's smart and he's interested dude I have a crush on Henry Rollins <laughs> don't want to kiss that man dude damn he's, he's like one of the only people I like venerate like that's he's my hero I love that okay I love Henry. So he's so interesting to me. He really is. Yeah. Smart, and, man. And he's like, I just loved that he was like tough as nails and like incredibly succinct and like there, but he was also, you know, artistic yeah. and uh, clearly not afraid to be feminine, had no rules. Like to yeah. be tough without rules, to be masculine without fearing the feminine. Mm. that's like true masculinity yeah you know when you can cry when you can do that but when you can step up when the time comes like those are though that's what like a real man is to me mm. and so i was like oh henry's like what i want to be as a man and then you know he's black flag totally. you know and then now i'm talking about straight edge. now Ian kai's here yeah. oh okay okay straight edge yeah you know man. yeah Youth of today gorilla biscuits stuff like that yep yeah. gorilla biscuits for <laughs> sure dude it's so crazy. Once you open that open that up and start finding these bands, it's just Yep. It's magical, man. Dude, I love Gorilla Biscuits. And then of course you like doot, 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 doot. Oh, you don't have to be blood to be family. You know, throw down. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. shit. This is heavy, you know, and now yeah. you're like dabbling in this other stuff. Then you start to find the local bands and Yeah, man. It's such it was it's such a great journey when you're young you find the hardcore and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i've what just can do for a, that beautiful feeling too of like trying to find the next heaviest thing the thing that's going to give you that like ooh feeling mm-hmm. i love that when you like uh one of my favorite things in music in general is a very specific feeling that only like beat down hardcore can give you <laughs> where you hear like a breakdown and it almost doesn't even make you feel mean it makes you like whoa damn like yeah. that like yeah maybe it's almost groovy because it's For so sure. heavy where you like face like like you have a lemon in your mouth like oh shit that was <laughs> it dude they, did you like did bulldoze it. and fury of five and yeah like dude bulldoze Hard, that's man. such a good name dude <laughs> was that was is that what you named from instagram shadozer shadozer for the kill dozer mm. Yeah, yeah, dude. When I was a kid, I read that story and I was like, they fucked him over and he ran the town over with a, uh, he made his own bulldozer. Do you know that story? No. So this guy in Colorado, I'll give you the real short. This guy in Colorado, um, like the bank tries to repossess his house or something, treats him real bad. He's mistreated. Capitalism's ruining his life. Yada, yada, yada. Um, he's a real smart guy. 
and he has like a tractor and also the equipment he uh makes his plan and he takes his tractor and he like builds this wire cage over it to make it a tank and then he puts cement in there so it's impervious and then he gets in that thing with some guns and there's like gun ports and stuff and he calls it the killdozer wow. and then he goes out into his town in Colorado and just starts fucking bulldozing like the bank the mayor's house all the cop cars the cops can't stop him they're shooting at it he's in invincible armor they literally call the national guard like you got to airstrike the killdozer we can't stop it wow so if he had read any history about tanks and i wish he would have the one thing tankers don't do is they don't run over houses in places where they have basements. If your tank yeah. falls into a basement, it no longer moves and you're dead. So mm. finally the killdozer ran over a house that had a basement. It couldn't go anywhere. He was trapped. So wow. he committed suicide, unfortunately. But like a wild wow. kind of like true crime story. But as a kid, I mean... I don't even know what his politics were. So he, someone could message you and be like, oh, yeah, this guy was crazy or whatever. But like, he was crazy for sure, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but just the idea of like the man sticking it to you and then you build the killdozer. Nuts, man. So I was like, that's tough as fuck, dude. That's like <laughs> metal, right? To build like a fucking tractor tank. <laughs> so that was the killdozer. So me and my brother, when we played games, he, he's uh, Jardozer and I'm Shadozer. But it's an it's an ode to the killdozer. Amazing, man. Yeah. Fuck, man. This is so good having you and talking to you, man. Dude, it's, it's so all, cool. It's so awesome. It's getting to know you and just seeing you on social media and knowing you comment. Just it's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Really appreciate you being here, man. Dude, what, thank you so much. What about your podcast? Is that still around? Yeah, yeah. I still do it all the time. Cowboy, Cowboy Boys. Cowboy Boys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a joke podcast. We just like it, none of it's serious. We just like say anything. It's real goofy. <laughs> Um, yeah, we just, I just goof off with my roommate, Mac, one of my best friends for like the last eight years. He's a comedian. It's so, come out once a week episode. Yeah. Yeah. We goof. We have like a Patreon. We have okay. like, so we have two episodes a week, but it's just us doing jokes, talking about whatever, just weird bits, talking about how Neil Armstrong or like they, <laughs> the moon landing is about have the safest place to be gay in the sixties or like <laughs> whatever, you know, stuff like that. What just about, <laughs> weirdo shit. What about like a? Would you, are you gonna record a special, like a comedy special? I have a new one coming out. Okay. I don't know when. Okay. Dry Bar's kind of like mysterious with that. I they produce it. Okay. So like I filmed it in November. It was in production, and now I'm just waiting. I think they'll release it. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew. You know when it's coming out? No, okay. dude. You know how labels and stuff can yeah. be where they don't really communicate. You're like, yeah. it's in production. Yeah. So that's gonna come out. It's a pretty fun, uh, it's a new type of thing where it's like one big story. Okay. So it's about me getting banned from karate. Is this true? So, yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you all day. What, what happened in karate? How old were you? What uh, happened? So I, when I was like 19, I like uh, I wanted to do like UFC because I want to be tough, dude. You know, yeah. I have all these tough guys. I would fight all but the you're time. A, you're a sensitive guy, though. I'm sensitive. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Always, like, always been a romantic. Yeah. You know, I'm like the guy who's like secretly like crying reading my book or whatever. So, <laughs> um, but I, I signed up for a thing, a, a tournament thinking it was like UFC, but it was karate. Ah! Oh, shit. And I didn't read the rules. I didn't understand what was going on. So I just showed up with yeah. all my homies rolling deep with the crew. But it's like a family event. Oh, my God, dude. Because there's like kids and shit. It's karate. It's for babies, you know. But there are adults who do like black belt karate. But like the rules are that you like touch each other for points. Mm. But I'm here to like 
fuck shit up. Fuck shit up. <laughs> so I send all my boys in their like boots and their leathers and shit over into the stands with the family. Oh my god. And dude. I'm like getting ready to fight these guys. And I'm straight up like sweatpants and a wife beater with a belt tied wrong. Like they're like, shit, but yeah. they're what are they gonna call me out? Say I'm not a black belt? Fight mm. me then. Yeah. <laughs> so I sign in for the tournament, but I'm like, don't realize that karate isn't tough. In my mind, these guys are like Chuck Liddell. This was like early, early, like again, 2005, 2006. Yeah. Like UFC's beginning to pop off. Tito Ortiz is wrecking house. Like I'm like, oh, these guys are like monsters. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting ready to fight this guy. And I'm like scared that he's going to like beat the shit out of me in front of my friends. And uh, the, the ref is like fight. And I just like immediately kicked him so hard, like so hard. And he just like went down on the ground <laughs> and he's like, oh, and I was like, oh, shit, I got him. Like, oh, damn, I'm good at this. And the ref is like, you know, telling me to turn around and shit. Because in karate, you're supposed to look away from your opponent when they're hurt. Uh -huh. So that they can like... You're like, yo, you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, straight up. And like, <laughs> and not even following the rules, you know. And I'm just looking at him like, what up? It, it was so funny because the ref was like, don't look at him. And what he meant was turn around, but I put my hand over my eyes. Like he was like a fucking Medusa or something, dude. <laughs> but so they... Uh, the guy gets back up and we like keep fighting and um i'm giving you like the shortest this story is like 30 minutes long and very detailed but this is just the quick of it because i yeah, gotta so tell you fuck him up yeah yeah so we start fighting again and um he goes to kick me and he misses and he like puts his head towards me in karate you can't punch someone in the head okay so he thinks he's like safe I see where this is it, going. it would be like in the ufc if you put your hand down they can't knee you yeah so in his mind like head towards me because he kind of fell and he's like off balance yeah head towards me he's safe but i don't give a shit so i just laid into him with the biggest right hook, like hard completely slept him oh my god everyone's freaking out but like people are like oh my god like whatever and like guys are running over to help him i don't understand i literally was like i won like i'm celebrating and there are people like you're a criminal like you know you killed him and oh my god but no one is what ends up happening is like no one even cares because everyone is like worried and focused on the fact that I left all my homies who just watched me win the fight by knockout. So it's like bikers and hardcore kids, wow. people with guns tattooed on their faces and their eyelids tattooed and shit in, in Utah around these moms screaming like, yeah, fuck him up. This is fucking crazy. Like going nuts, dude. Like one of my Cheering friends, on. literally, yeah, one of my friends is like, who else wants it? Who, who are these motherfuckers going to take us on? Like going nuts. Wow. Like scaring everybody. I'm sure. So then they were like, you got to go. You got to go. And they, they were like, you broke the rules. I was like, I don't know the rules. And they like kicked me out forever, dude. Holy shit. It was so funny. So I got banned. Yeah, karate. yeah, banned from karate, and so that was the name of my last tour, and then that's the name of the album, banned from Fucking karate. Awesome, holy! So yeah, shit. it's it's a thing of me getting banned from karate, that but it was just like such a wild event, and it, it it all the catalyst of it all is just me being stupid and wishing I was tough, which wow. gets you into so much trouble as a kid. If you're listening to this, and you're a young man, I, it's cool to be tough, it's cool to be masculine, but dude, don't let it. Be smart also. Don't let it run your life. Or like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let it run your life, man. You got to run it. Yeah. That's man shit. You got to run the masculinity and the toughness. It doesn't run you. Do you feel like you have to, you feel like where you're at now, you don't have to prove anything. You've been through so Never. much shit. Yeah. Never. I haven't felt like I've had to prove a thing since I was in my early, early 20s. Mm -hmm. And that's like been so freeing to it's just. gotta be, dude. To just like, who cares? People are like, oh, you think you're tough? It's like, no. 
I don't care. People try to fight me or whatever. You know, every, I'm sure Still? you get it. I'm sure you because you have your tattoos yeah, every yeah, once yeah. in a while. Some guy's got to like sure. check you. Try to. Yeah, and you're yeah. just like or whatever. they give you the look or whatever. And I'm just like, I could care less, bro. Be You're tougher than me. What do you want? A, yeah. I could. And there's always going to be somebody tougher than you in this world. Dude, exactly. You know I mean, you're not the. I've, and I've seen too many bad things, dude. Ooh, I'm going to like sweat some guy and try to fight and he's going to stab me or shoot me. Like, I'm yeah, not. You feel like you don't have that really. I mean, obviously you'll protect yourself, but you're not, you're not trying to like. No. Yeah. No, you'd have to. You'd go. rather talk somebody out of something than try to swing on somebody at this point in your life. Absolutely. Or just yeah. walk away, dude. Because totally. in New it. York, I have. Pe I've, I've had a couple times where some guys like you, 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 like he's clearly having a bad day and I bump into him and he like tries to fight and I just keep walking dude mm -hmm. i could care less i'm just not about it it's you whatever like your career right now you're doing awesome things oh it's, yeah yeah it's like yeah i also like when i'm not in new york i usually conceal carry too okay because i'm like and then that puts a responsibility on me to mm -hmm. be like i need to be the arbiter i'm i do this one because it's it's my right and i should take advantage of it if i have it mm -hmm. and two because i do want to help and helping isn't harming even if this person is being negative mm -hmm. so if a guy wants to fight me or whatever like i don't know what's going on with him i don't know what he's where he's at in his life if i can just leave i'll leave yeah it, it, you would have to like put your hands on my girl or something yeah or like i mean yeah it would have to be crazy it, it, for it to escalate that far rarely happens in regular life yeah if ever yeah so it's crazy if people would yeah i don't know just if walking down the street if somebody saw you like they would fuck with you you know what i mean i don't know dude every once in a while though i don't know they you test you right i never go to bars every once in a while i'll end up you know i'll meet a friend or something and there's got to be one guy giving you the eye so what do you think you're about you know it's like some weird shit you're like what you're drunk dude <laughs> yeah, dude you're crazy <laughs> like what are you doing dude um, so you're going back to New York after this, you're going to figure out when you can move back here or try to move back here. Yeah. Or move here for the first time. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking this year. So my lease is up December 1st. So okay, I'll move okay. into, I would move in November. Fucking awesome. Man. Yeah, dude. I'm thinking about it. It'd also be cool to like bail for the winter. Hell yeah. It's perfect timing. Here, dude. Dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Surfing. My son's got, my son's got the key to a little, uh, point doom, little doom with a friend. Yeah. We cool. You got surf together. It'd be awesome. Dude, man. that would yeah. be sick. I would I love that. He yeah. loves it, man. I got to start. I got to get a car if I come out here, though. You skate mini ramps at all? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not good, but I like mini ramps. I grew up I around ramps. no skate parks. Yeah. I'm so sure. I just skating ledges and stuff. Can you still like kick flip and trade whatever this flip's called? Oh, I, I mean, I rollerblade, but I can kick flip and yeah, shit yeah, still. Yeah. But yeah, I can still do like all the basic rollerblading tricks. I love that you love rollerblading. You still fucking do it. It's oh yeah, so dude. Cool, man. Dude, the rollerblading yeah, rollerblading oh. culture is crazy because still? it got so uncool it did. that there was no money. Mm. So even the best rollerbladers in the world had part-time jobs. Fuck. But now, guess what? We are in the position skateboarding was when it was punk rock. Mm. When no one thought you were cool for doing it. Now if you do it, it's tr that's real passion. Okay. That's love. That's and then it, it developed it's this, super punk. It's super punk. Yeah. It developed this underground culture where even skateboarders didn't like us. Yeah. So then we started dressing different. Then we had different lingo. Then we had different tricks. Then we stopped caring what other people thought and we started getting weird with it. Mm -hmm. Then our music choices were different. And like now it. rollerblading has it's getting more popular again because bullying's gone. People are like, fuck bullying. That sucks. Mm. Fuck. And also, a lot of hatred towards rollerblading was rooted in homophobia. Remember, it was, what's the hardest part of rollerblading? Telling your parents you're gay. Wow. Remember? That was the whole thing. It was like a play on your masculinity. Oh, mm. you rollerblade? Well, you're gay. Oh, you rollerblade? Well, you like girl shit. 
that's lame. You look gay. And then there was a lot of that. And so now that that's gone and we're rightfully in a place in society where we're supporting people yeah. and, and who they love and how they act and no matter how that is, rollerblading's back, baby. And, awesome. and it has its own culture. It stuck it out. Now, through, yeah. now the sport isn't young and weird anymore. Now it's 30 years old. Now we have vets that are in their 50s. Vets. Yeah, dude. Like we got the guys, like we got older dudes who run the skate companies. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Skater owned companies. No longer. Does it look different too? The style of clothing? Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. And and it's like now it's like um it's even informed skateboarding a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, um shit, I can't remember uh them skates, a very popular skate brand, did a collab with weekend skateboards. Okay. Skateboarders are now skating with rollerbladers. Now we're trading spots. Mm. Now we're collaborating and we live in this future where because bullying's gone, people are open to new things, and it's it's pushing both sports in cool and creative directions. It's like, damn, we should have been doing this all along. But I get it. Rollerblading was young. It hadn't when it's not even around for ten years, and we're inventing tricks for skateboarding to be like, dude, we earned this. Yeah. <laughs> what are you at the X Games? I get where they were coming from. Yeah. Do you know who's it's like the scooters too? Like scooters. Yeah, they were lame for a while, and now people are cool with okay. it. Now, now a lot of people are like, okay. All right, these guys are hard. They're they're like throwing down some crazy shit. Yeah. Do you know who was like a real G back in the day? Mike Vallely. On Dude, rollerblading? No. So oh, he's he's the sure. skateboarder. Love him. We got that video of him beating up those jocks. Best. Dude, he's the man. Singing the black flag right now. Yeah. Dude, he wrote a, a like this crazy opinion piece. I think for Thrasher. Dude, in like 1999, about how it wasn't cool to make fun of rollerblading. No way, dude. About like, dude, he just Shout out to Mike Blaley, man. Shout out to Mike Blaley. He was like, dude, but they're doing their own thing. Like, what do we even care? Wow. Like, it was really cool. And and a lot of rollerbladers, because of that, like Mike Blaley is like this weird skateboarder that all rollerbladers are like, that's the guy. That's so cool he spoke up. Especially it wasn't cool to talk about. There's a really old rollerblading video, and I can't remember what it's called, but Mike Blaley, he had a part in Dying to Live, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, his Dying to Live part, some of it is like in that rollerblading video as like a tribute to him for not hating rollerbladers. That's fucking... I don't even think he ever knew. Wow. It's crazy. But yeah, Mike... Way Blaley, back then dude, to speak up, nobody's going to say shit to him about it either. Dude, nope. That is so fucking cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Every time I hear a story about him, I like him even more and more. Yeah. I met him a couple of times. He's super sweet, humble, badass. Yeah. Fuck. Sticking up for them back then. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's cool, man. Yeah, very tough, so you, so you, So you're rollerblading, you're surfing, you're doing comedy. Yep, playing play, board games. Playing board games. Playing Warhammer. Warhammer. Playing Magic the Gathering. Fuck. Yeah, dude, nerding out. I love it, though. I love that you embrace it. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's so fun to just be, like, open about it. No rules. Yeah. So many people want you to be like, oh, you're the hardcore kid. Oh, you're the metal guy. Oh, you're the nerd. Like, they want you to have one thing. Yeah. Nah, man, no rules. Do it all. I love it. You've been doing that your whole life, man. It's fucking yeah. really, really cool, man. Yeah, man. Just your journey, like, all the stuff you've been through to where you're at now, it's inspiring, man. I'm stoked for you, man. Thanks, it's cool. man. Especially being fully tatted, just coming from where you come from. Yeah. It's really cool. There's a lot of hardcore kids come out and see you perform too. They Dude, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. There was this we're kid. Like, dude, can I give this kid a shout out? Give me a shout out. Like, uh, we're dude. like a hardcore show in the audience. You're like. Yeah, so he showed up to the show and he was wearing uh, this knock loose shirt. Nice. And like, I saw him and I was like, oh, there's a hardcore kid. And every once in a while, hardcore kids show up and I'm always loving it. He's in the Stokes. front row cool. with his homies too. Like, they're not on dates, they're here to have a good time with the boys, which is so cool to come yeah, to yeah. comedy to do. 
and he's t- and I at one point in the act I like asked him a question. I'm not a crowd work guy, but every once in a while I'll like throw something to. I asked him a question and he had this really funny answer. Uh, it was like a, I was in the joke. I was in this really crazy sex situation. Okay, and I was like, "What would you do?" And he said, "Fuck it, we ball." And the audience starts <laughs> laughing. It was such a funny thing. He was like, just yeah, "Yeah, so like a g shit to do." But then some guy goes, "That's my son," and he <gasps> brought his dad. And then he goes, "This is his mom," and his mom is like so embarrassed <laughs> on the table. And I was like, "Dude, this kid rot. That's so cool. It's so funny yeah. to." say like just out say the craziest thing and your parents are there too yeah. yeah and his parents are like oh my god my kids are degenerate it's really funny that's fucking awesome so afterwards i went talk to him and he's like i have a band and they're called uh oh man atrocious atrocious it's a-t-r-o-c-i-t-v-s but they're heavy that's cool man i don't know how to pronounce that what do you think how would you pronounce that not atrocious, not atrocity. Diverse. It's not atrocity either. It's hard, man. Atro- yeah, yeah, and it's a crazy name. We got he got a shout out. Yeah, yeah, he's it. got the shout out. So, dude, go listen to his band because that's cool. They're heavy and he's cool. And they're, yeah, they're yeah. on Spotify or whatever. They're, they're on Spotify. Yeah, he. I had him plug him in because I was like, dude, I gotta support the guy. And people can hit you up. Like, do you, do you like answer DMs and stuff? Sometimes, yeah. Are if you someone, big on social media? You talk to people? Do you? I talk to people. Yeah, yeah. I think that a part of my success has been like my accessibility. Okay. That I'm kind of willing to just like ch- chop it up a little bit. Or if someone asks me, I can't get to all of them because, dude, I get a lot of I get a lot of messages and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. But every once in a while, I'll see one and I'll be like, oh, this person's like said a lot of kind things they're vetted almost and i'm like oh i'll reply to you or they like ask me a question and i'm in the mood i'll i'll answer what about negative comments do you ever get those and care oh about them? And every care, day and baby. you care about them does, nah, it, does, it, does it bother you nah there's a few like they'll get you on a bad day you know just one of like a hundred good ones it's fucking yeah sore. dude as yeah. it's, it's tough as you want to be or it's like yes. not caring You'll we're have sensitive a, artists, sensitive creators, man. Yeah, they'll catch you. They'll catch you slipping. So I'll have a lot. You know, I'll get fifty. I'll see fifty bad ones. You know, your tattoos suck. Oh, you're just trying to be cool. Whatever, call me a hipster. Blah 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 blah. You know, you, you're ugly. Your comedy's bad. Talk about something else, and it, it'll just roll off me. And then you'll get like that one thing on that one day, and you're like, "Fuck, dude, I can't even open my phone again today." I'm it over sucks because it. these like fucking people that like. Some are bots. Some are like private accounts. Obviously, yeah, yeah. So many. It's like, what do they, what do they do? What have they done to do any? It makes me crazy. Sometimes. Nothing, dude. Nothing. What have you done to make people laugh, or people sing along, or what have you contributed to the world to make it better? Or I don't know. Yeah, they have dude. this time with it. They can take this time just to talk negative shit. It's crazy to me. People have that kind of time. Sometimes time is precious. If you post fitness stuff. Dude, a guy will come out of nowhere and say some wild shit. And just tell you, like, what you're doing wrong or something? Oh, dude, or just be rid, like, you weak. Oh, dude, this sucks. Or I don't know. You're like, why would you, like, are you threatened? What's going on? I love your your post about, like, your love for lipticals. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. The elliptical's a hidden gem, dude. Yeah, as classic, you get, yeah. Dude, it was the best when I was training for that ultra. Yeah. And I weightlift a lot, too, because I would get so sore because running is a little hard on your body if you totally. do it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you have those days where you're like, oh, I'm beat up, the elliptical's the deal because mm. it doesn't beat up your body. Yeah. But you can, like, get the same, you can rock it. So, yeah. dude, I'm on the elliptical a lot. I'm in hotels, too, so I'm just crushing it. And weights, too, all that stuff. You oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like weights. I used to be real strong, but. You look, you seem like you're strong. Right? Thank you. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm still benching 225. That's good. I just started doing weights because that's important when you start running a lot, too, just to have your upper body. And, like, I love it now. I love, yeah. like, 
medicine balls and kettlebells and squats. I love all that shit. Now, I never fucked with it before. Jump rope, which I suck at, but I still do it. Yeah. Just pushing yourself. Sick. I love yeah, pushing yeah. myself, especially in my 50s, you know? Dude, it's so crazy. You look so... It's straight edge is the secret sauce, dude. It really is. It's crazy. I feel young. I don't feel like I'm in my 50s, you know? Dude, absolutely. I you know, used to diet, be, just everything. I used to be terrified of getting older. Now I'm 36, and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm like... In my mind, I'm old. But I know I'm like, dude, but I, I see 60-year-olds in the lineup surfing. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. there's dudes like Sylvester Stallone is like jacked out of his mind and 60. Dude, why do you like, from Exploited tonight? He's 66 years old on stage, fucking ripped. I'm like, yeah, dude. We got Vinny Stigma. We got fucking Keith Morris, Kevin Seconds. All these people still performing. Yep. Killing it, bro. Bad yeah. religion, like all these bands, man. Dude. That's inspiring to me. Like the older musicians from our scene that are still like... Roger Agnostic Front, still touring like maniacs. Killing yeah, it. Like, dude. Yeah, sounding yeah. great, you know? Dude, Randy from Lamb of God. Randy too. Shout Writing out to Randy, new dude. music all the time. Yeah, crush. Shout out to Randy, man. We fucking love you, Randy. He's a sweet, sweet human, man. The best. Really good person, man. His story, just everything about him, and real artist. We talk about photography, everything he does, writing. Yeah, yeah. Read his book. Have you read it? Yeah, yeah, I got his book. So yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, he gifted me one because he's the sweetest man fucking alive. Yeah. Give me your address. Sends me a book with a thing, and it. it's just like, dude, I cried. It's yeah. just so like one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite guys. Open the thing. He's got a personal note in there. For oh, it's awesome. Yeah, you know, man. and I'm just like, damn, this is beautiful. This is, what a cool life. That's cool. You got to do the boat thing with him too. And yeah, hang out dude. There. Yeah, we're on ship rocked. So cool though. I'm doing comedy. <laughs> have, and, have you ever done a cruise? No, I haven't. But a lot of my friends been doing it. Man, they so love good. it. You it's, saw suicidal. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah, the cruise is wild. Bring the you gotta bring bring the family. You gotta bring your girl. Yeah, you gotta yeah. bring the whole family because okay. it's a little stir crazy if you're by yourself. <laughs> it's a little too much. Would you do it again? I would do it again, but I would know to bring. I would bring like a. I would. I would bring a lady friend okay. for sure. Okay. Because romantic is beautiful. You're out in the. You can go swimming, snorkeling, and stuff. But being alone and sober around all these drunk people who are like partying and stuff is. I just ended up in my room reading a lot. Yeah. I was on the deck a little bit, like hanging out. When we got off the boat, it was really fun. Yeah. You know, you go into the ocean, which I'm like. Love. Yeah, me and Randy went snorkeling, like swam like a mile out to sea, cruising Fuck. around. Yeah, it was sick, dude. Randy's a monster, but. Yeah. yeah, he's a surfer too. He surfs a lot too. Yeah, 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 yeah dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he, always sending me clips and shit. Yeah, he inspired me to like a lot. To okay. like, I I met him after I started surfing, and he was like talking to me more about it, and it got me going hard on it, dude. Yeah, shout out to Randy, man. What a fucking. Well, thank you. I feel like we're going to do a part two when you move out here for sure. Sick, dude. I feel like I talk to you for hours, man. This is like oh, almost yeah. three hours. I feel like a minute. It's so good. Yeah, dude. It's so fun. I love when like I meet somebody the first time on the podcast in my kitchen face to face and we just connect and like have the, it's just, it was a great combo, man. Just, get, yeah. just getting to know you, man. Yeah. It's so funny to meet your family too. It's <laughs> intermittently hanging out, dude. It's They're part of the pod always. My dog's here too, right? Sometimes, yeah, dude. He, sometimes she'll fart on the guest. She's and, around. Yeah. She, she's sleeping over here just tooting. Well, thank you, man, for being here, and uh, I'm psyched to see what happens next in your life, too. Like, dude, I appreciate you. Yeah. Dude, I hope to be hanging out soon. For sure, and people can find you on social media. You have a website, too? Oh, yeah, yeah, shanesmithcomedy.com. Okay. I got tour dates in there. Come see me work on my new material. Some of it's raunchy, which I'm not usually doing, but I'm having fun with it this year. you changing it up, yeah, yeah. I change it up, yeah, yeah. I write a new hour every year. Wow, okay. Which is like, <laughs> it's a lot, but it's. I think it's worth it. I, I feel like if I tour, I got to give people... Anytime someone pays to see you, you're yeah, like, it's like putting I got a record out or something. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta go nuts. And you're talking about more personal things now, which is probably awesome just to get it out and talk Feels about great. it. Feels great. Yeah. Feels so good, dude. Yeah. It's yeah. very, th- my friends who are comedians, it's very therapeutic for them to talk about their 
childhood, just all that stuff. Yeah. In the front, not just in the funny way, but just getting it out and. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, so. brother. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, yeah, man. We're out of here. We're signing off. Bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, yeah. Wait. Happy anniversary to, to my wife. It's 27 years today. And she let me do a podcast today on her anniversary. <laughs> what a fucking G. Yeah, dude. The best. <laughs> that shows you 27 years of marriage. She can just be watching TV. I can do a podcast. I got her card and flowers, whatever. whatever. Anyway. <laughs> love you, Moon. Bye. I've always loved sweets. That's why I have um, a thousand gold teeth and had cavities my whole life. But I always loved cookies. And being a vegan and being gluten-free, it's extremely difficult to get a cookie that actually tastes good. Most of those cookies are super, super dry. Until I found Maxine's Heavenly, uh, you probably see me post about them. They're incredible. They're gluten-free. They're vegan. They're made with no refined sugars. You can get them in Whole Foods, Sprouts, Walmart, Amazon, MaxinesHeavenly.com. And if you're in L.A., you can get my favorite restaurant, Green Tables, carrying them. Um, you can also, if you're in L.A., get Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Chow Now. Super, super great company. Amazing people working there. The cookies are insane. I can eat a whole bunch of them. Not like you're supposed to. But I don't feel groggy and like bloated and I have that sugar crash. And every month, you should sign up for the mailing list because every month you get exclusive flavor drops and the cookies get delivered right to your house. So shout out to Maxine's Heavenly, my new sponsor. I have a cookie sponsor. I can't believe it. How old am I? I'm 53 and I'm promoting cookies because I love cookies still. I'm a big kid. Vegan, gluten-free, no refined sugars. If you listen to the Travis Barker episode, me and him talked about our love for Maxine's Heavenly's as well. Great cookie. If you're a vegan and you're gluten-free, there's no other cookie to have. Maxine's Heavenly. Go to MaxineHeavenly.com, go to shop, use my code OLLC, and get 25% off your first order. That's 25% off your first order. Go to MaxineHeavenly.com, use my code OLLC. Enjoy. These cookies are straight crack. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now, and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other, and that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swiped the credit card, don't really tell me much, didn't give me much details of anything was going to happen, so I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm looks like a big black blob, is now super light, I've had two sessions, I have a long road ahead of me, none of this stuff happens overnight, you cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting, you have to be patient, and it's painful. They ice you up. It's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly going to get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 remover treatments done. 100 locations. U.S., Canada, and Australia. State-of-the-art peak-away laser technology. Cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do in these podcasts is talk about tattoos, 
from day one, if you listen to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TobyH20 and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out.